This is Doug Mankey, killing on Superman. You are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> That time again. Time to the <laughs> No. Time to, time to be together. I ain't gonna bitch for two years. Wow. My wife was hella mad. I don't blame her. She got a suck on that face. At, at, least, know. at least that no, was we clean. Were, we were at Thanksgiving and uh, her best friend happened to be my dentist as well. And uh, my new dentist. I didn't used to use her, but... And... Uh, that's like Jason's been a dentist for two years and just like who's my dentist now I was like oh my god how do you kiss that I'm like like, now I don't want you to be my dentist I'm like damn I'm all self conscious (laughs) you want that top shelf woman you better be prepared flying colors baby hey flying colors they clean you out clean me out but my gums are healthy got no cavities it's all good it's all good living large I'll know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Your teeth clean isn't exactly living large. But does, does the gold teeth clean as the same <laughs> as the... As no, the, your grill, they don't... The, the grill's separate. It's like you go to a jeweler for your grill. Oh, they come you out? You your grill jeweler and they clean it out. They, they oh, it's out. like a snap-in. Yeah, some, yeah it snaps some, in. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like, oh. like, a, it's like a mouthpiece, like an Invisalign. <laughs> you got one of them. <laughs> yeah, Paul Wall. <laughs> Oh shit! Right from the beginning, I'm giddy. Oh good, dude. Did. If we ever go become a video cast, I think I'm gonna get like a, like a like a sick ass grill. We must make Let's it happen now. Let's go all in with it. You get like diamonds in them and shit. Yep. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna. I'm gonna ask Julian where he gets his hats. I'm gonna start wearing like, like. Oh, like, gotta get the four four finger rings. Hats. Yes. No, right. you get a one piece hat. That'd be great. No one punch man hat. <laughs> Do you bend the the brims? Apparently, I mean, I always have, but apparently You're that's not supposed to. Yeah. No, apparently see, I don't, I don't dig that. I got to bend the brim. I, I do too. Yeah, yeah. I got to bend it too. Yeah. Bend the, it like that, that flat shit? No, it's not a, it's not a yeah, dining for a, room. For a long time, I would bend the edges like uh, Roger from Simonson Store Run had it. it. I would just, I don't know why. I'd play baseball and and it just and instead of the the, the, <laughs> the, wonder, the ramp in the middle. Yeah. No wonder it took him so long to get married. Oh, <laughs> Dig, hey, man. Damn. Blowing them up. <laughs> yeah, like in well, yeah, we Simon's... can't all work at Burger King, bro. <laughs> Dude, I got uh, I got chopped on on mute on the background, so I can't hear what they're saying. But uh, Marcus Samuelson is dressed like the like Jack Nicholson in the Joker from Batman. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Sweet. Hey, every... thought of the day. Oh, bear. Hey, everybody. What time it is? It's eleven o'clock comics, episode four hundred and forty nine. Yes, and I'm Vince B. You are Vince B. I am David A. Price. I'm melodic this week. You are Vince B. And you are David A. Price. And I'm Tiny Lister. <laughs> oh, no, no yeah. Zeus. No. You're Jason Wood. Call me Debo. In the house, all together again. Zeus. Nice. You're not giving me anything to segue. Come on. Say something funny. <laughs> <laughs> 
we brought up Simonson's Thor already. Is, well, listen, uh, I, I would say that uh, I may not be Tiny Lister, but you can get tiny prices at Discount Comic Book Service. I'm going to leave it at that. That was awesome. DCBService.com. Tiny, tiny prices on your favorite comic books and collectibles. Now, we're in the gray area because the old specials have expired. It's a new month, new specials. And the new ones are not up yet. So I will remind you of what you missed last month because you're not a DCB service subscriber. And if you're not, why aren't you? You missed the Commandy Challenge, number one. A 12-issue maxi-series. I love that word. Uh, term, yes. Maxi-series. This is a four ninety nine cover price book. You could have had it for $2.49. What's the matter? You don't like Dale Eaglesham or Keith Giffen or Steve Rude or Walter Simonson, who we just mentioned? They're all in this book. All Louise. Fifty percent off. Uh, mm-hmm. And Dark Horse had another Bean World hardcover. This is volume four from our buddy Larry Martyr. Sixteen ninety nine cover price. Your price at DCBService.com was ten dollars and nineteen cents. That's 40% off. And last but not least, you may be hearing more about this book very soon. It is uh, from our buddy Ryan Brownie and Jordan Boyd. Charles Sewell writes it. It's curse words. And it came from Image. And the first issue only costed you $1.99. If you are a DCB service subscriber, why aren't you? Just go there. DCBService.com. Nice. Sweet. Vince, you sound very relaxed, so I have to ask, what are you drinking? Sam Adams. It's my go-to. What kind? It's Winter just, Lager? No, I didn't. I couldn't find that. Oh, okay. This is just flat-out Sam Adams. Straight up. Yeah, it's Sam good. Boston Lager. Oh, it's very good, yeah. yeah tasty How about beer. you, Bill? Uh, I'm right. also first, drinking First beers. ten freaking minutes. Every <laughs> Wait, week, what? first ten minutes, he throws a boo. Yeah, it has to. And then it gets uh, thrown also, back, and I'm sitting here like, no boo for me. Go ahead. There is a boo think for after you. 450 episodes, you would talk over me, but that's cool. Boy, how do my shoe yeah. feel there, buddy? I'm drinking a little something-something ale. Okay. No, I'm serious. I'm dead serious. I'm not kidding. <laughs> You've never heard? I've mentioned it before, I think, right? Yeah, you yes. have. Yes, you have. You just think it's funny? It's just, yeah. No, I just can't. Imagine this episode is so friggin' bad so far. We are just what? like we're shit in the bed. Come on, let's go. Let's get funny. I don't understand why we say that. <laughs> anyway, Lagunitas, a little something something ale. I want some of that. It's you want good, some something, something? Yes. A little something something. He, Jason makes me laugh. I don't know what it is. He <laughs> triggers something in me, and I just get st- stupid and giddy, stupider stupid. and giddy. David, what are you drinking? I think you alluded to something on the Facebook. You asked a I question. Did. Oh, I did, and I'll I'll get to that. But no, I'm not um I'm not drinking that tonight. It's Lowenbrout. No, I am having some and and kudos to both of you for for taking the high road and and not making anything ma- making any remarks about the the whole tiny prices thing. I I, I appreciate that. The tonight I wasn't even thinking um, of it. I, I wasn't go there. No, good. Um. I've had a tiny man wine from uh, from this company before. I've had their gung ho red blend. This is again from Motto. 
in California. This is called Backbone, and it's their Cabernet Sauvignon. Cool. And it is, um, I think I like this more than that blend I've been sipping on. So, uh, that is going to get not polished off, but I'm, I'm going to have quite a bit of it tonight. And what, um, the Vince saw the, uh, the Facebook post. It was about, a, um, a single malt scotch, which I acquired. And because I'm not a huge scotch drinker, um, I wasn't sure where it falls when it comes to things like, you know, Glenn Fittich or Johnny Walker. And because, and you know this, Vince, because you had scotch when we were at Jason's and, and you, you, you enjoyed the, the peat and, and the smoke that, um, it's a little different than bourbon. So, uh, I was just, I didn't want to crack it open if, if, there are certain things that, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to sit there and drink some scotch, you know, while munching on some combos or something. So I just want to make sure that everybody, you know, I, I want to know, you know, is it something I'm going to kick my feet up and, and sip on or is it, you know, should I wait until I'm grilling up some burgers? I just, I want to know what I should enjoy it with. So I didn't crack it open just to have it open and, and sitting on the shelf. I wanted to know when would be the, the time or place. Do I save it for some friends? I, that, that, that was what my question was for. So no, I, I haven't had that yet, but I, I'll probably have it as we get closer to Christmas. You're knee deep in Christmas as it is. Gots to be. Oh. I, hey man, I gotta, I, right now, right now with the way work is, if that music isn't playing, then I need to not be there. Talk it up, bro. I can talk it up. I can make you a damn awesome playlist that would make you forget about Christmas for a little while. For a little while. You know, you can always hook me up with a playlist. All right. I'm not going to turn that down. Turn. Get turned in the hay house. Hey, let's. Any thank yous? Any shout outs? I do not have any thank yous, but I wonder if either of you do. Uh, I don't have any thank yous per se, but I got a couple shout outs. Okay. Shout outs. Uh, first of all, we've been hinting at it for a few weeks. Uh, some would say it's long overdue. Others would say it's perfectly timed. Either way, the time is now. The 2016 11-0 Kloskers, uh, which for those that uh, don't know, is uh, there's the Harveys, there's the Eisners, and then the, the awards that really count are <laughs> the 11-0 Kloskers. <laughs> this, I think, our eighth annual. Yes. Comprehensive award show uh, for any new listeners this year. The way it works is we have a balloting system. It's uh, evolved over the years. In the original days, we had a very uh, active message board forum, and people would submit their uh, entries there, and we would tally them up manually. Then that got maddening, and as the forums wound down, we uh, we went to some different processes. And I'm very pleased with the process we put in place last year. Uh, which is uh, a Google-based survey. Um, it, it should be very self self uh, uh, evident as to how to go about it. But we have a easy URL for you, uh, and it's tinyurl so t i n y u r l dot com backslash e o c like eleven o'clock comics awards. So again, it's tinyurl dot com backslash e o c awards. It'll bring you to the to the form. We've got all the questions by category. You can answer one of them. You can answer all of them. And the cool thing is, is that Google's up their game this year. So uh, as long as you don't disable your cookies 
Um, well, actually, you don't even need cookies now because it's a, it requires an email. But if you right. if you log in using the same email, it will pull up your form and it'll have all your previous answers. So if you're not sure, you want to complete it over periods of time, or you change your mind because it reads something in a couple of weeks that's, the, that's better, you can go ahead in and just edit your form, and it'll dynamically edit into our database. And then uh, in January, as we always do, we will have our episode where we uh, announce the uh, the, the listeners and, and, and uh, community members' choices for each category and then each of our own uh, for each category. It's always a lot of fun. So, uh, again, go and, and please go ahead and start that. We've already had a lot of feedback in the first few days. It's been soft launch, but you're hearing it here on the show for the first time, so I expect all of you to go ahead and uh, start filling out your ballots. Yes. Awesome. I can't wait. It's included. Yeah. We added some new categories this year, too. I see that. Best all uh, best kid-friendly book. Best licensed property, which is a DAP special. Yeah. Uh, did we add? I think we needed one yeah, more. We did. Uh, best Richard Corbin cover. And, best Corbin cover? Yes. And the, and mm-hmm. the winner goes That's to. That's probably going to be the harder one. Richard Corbin. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about some comics if nobody has any thank yous. Nice. I, actually, I, should, I need to thank you. Though, so I expect a lot of thank yous soon. That's you true. Know what I'm saying, people? I, wow. I, I need to... Uh, Talking to you guys, I mean you people. No, no, I, I know. Why You always think I think the worst of you. Oh, I don't know, you're just heartless. I love you so much. No. I'm not. I love you, except when you say shit like... <laughs> when we're like, oh, what should we do for, for the holiday exchanges here? And you're like... Oh, say well, say they would have last year. <laughs> like, we didn't do anything last year. <laughs> I know, right? I know. I know, right? <laughs> Such a fucking Scrooge. Good one, bro. Good one. No, I just uh, look at it from the point of view of what do we all collectively need? Do any of us really need no. anything? No. We do not. We need to get together, maybe. I don't have That'd to buy nice. you some kind of trinket to prove that I love you. No, you really don't. I know. No. See, I think that I, I, I think for the reason. It's because I love giving gifts. I yes. know. That's great. That's just. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think the fact that I'm still here after eight years pretty much pretty much proves that I love the both of you. That's your gift to us? Always. Every week. Okay. Showing up. <laughs> Every damn Except week. I need to I need to thank Vince though. What? Because um you you recommended a Kurataka number thirteen. Oh yeah. Assuming brunch. Yeah. And I am having a lot of fun with just that I did, yeah, I'm glad I have the sampler pack from Jet Pens, but I am having a lot of fun with just this brush. Yeah, the Kurataki responsiveness is great. It feels yeah. it feels like an extension of your hand, doesn't it? It does. And I, I think know. although because it is it it's light, I mean it, it there's it it feels legit in, in your hand and it looks sharp, but I think the um I, I, is it the number forty? The 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 next one up is I think um isn't as plasticky and, and that might be the right. sable brush, I don't yeah. know, but it, it's uh but this is I mean to to just get your tip wet literally with this brush, it's just <laughs> yeah. it is a uh it, it's it's got a nice uh no, I I like I like the line you're getting out of it, so so thank you for uh Sure. My my yeah. one tip to you mm-hmm. and you'll love me after you, you let this happen to you and you realize what I'm saying is true, never ever let them dry out. No, no. You're yeah. stuck buying cartridges now because you will never... I made the mistake a couple of years ago of letting one dry out. I, I let it sit in the, the carrier for like maybe three, four months and the, the the tip was all hard and I tried to get it to bounce back. Mm-mm. 
it's never the same after that. So keep it moist. Keep it greasy. I, I, will, I will keep it greasy. I need to, uh, and I'm going to look into the, um, those platinum carbon. Yeah, they're great. Cartridges and, and so yeah, I'll be playing with that. Let's do some comics. Let's. All right. I, I really want to talk about this book. Um, I thought I would dislike it for the very fact that it um, is called a new talent showcase. <laughs> and it's a lie. The book is a lie. And no, it's not. Now <laughs> no, listen, listen. It's 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 called a new, some ta- new talent. Right, and it's all the writers. That's the thing. It's all. The, if you notice, it's, it's all the writers much, yeah. that are new. Yeah. But yeah. the thing is, isn't that when they say talent in comics, isn't that what they mean? I guess. But <laughs> it's that's a, a joke, people. It, I it's think a, you know, I'm joking. <laughs> It's a um, new. Obviously, we're a very art centric show. People relax. New talent showcase book comes out, and it's got a cover by Klaus Janson. <laughs> Which is as soon as I saw that previews, come on, go back are you serious? Back. Yeah, yeah, and I you got it. You got to wonder, like, like, how the fuck do you have a new talent showcase and you put a Klaus Janson cover on it? And it's not a good Klaus Janson cover. It's not. It's. Well, not. Is there such a thing? Yeah. Stop. <laughs> I I think the cover. Pretty much reinforces how badly they need to bring back the red trunks. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's from the waist up. Superman is awesome. From the waist mm-hmm. down, it's like I don't even know you anymore. I, I'm not. A, I'm not a fan with those boots with the little red straps. No. The, the... What does the red stripe do? It just reminds you that everything below it used to be red. Yeah. Like, come on, just go back to the suit. Nobody's gonna. You know, call foul. Is there anyone out there that likes him from the waist down now? Mm-hmm. I don't oh, know. I was say Except besides down. Lois, besides Lois, right? But anyway, I Jimmy. didn't. I didn't think I was going to like this book because um, the old DC Comics New Talent Showcase, which ran from what eighty four to eighty five, David. Uh, maybe even. Yeah, 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 that sounds about right. Yeah. Maybe was based, I mean, it was a fun book, but there really wasn't anything done of, of import to our favorite characters. They, they would let people, new, newcomers come on, take a stab at their, their favorite characters and, and, you know, all fine and well. But the thing that really got me about this book, the entire book, all 80 pages, is a collection of hints and foreshadowing. Like every story is a peek into things to come. So this book matters. Like I learned something. The very first story is uh, John Constantine. Mm-hmm. And it's by Adam Smith and Sia Ohm. O-U-M. Ohm, I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. I did not know, number one, that Zatara was dead. I didn't know. Uh, it, I, I may not have known, but I probably... No, I. That's not. I don't know if I. I don't know if he was dead. Like, how, could he really die? Yeah, but the fact that that's not just not the big deal. The big deal about it is, Zatara is dead. He's in hell, and his daughter will be damned as well. Like Zatanna and Constantine are an item, and uh, she's trying to. Um, actually create a human being out of Constantine because the dude can be kind of cold, right? So he, he does something where he comes into contact with Zatara and he's like, I'm I'm damned and, and so is my daughter. And now Constantine, who is rom- romantically attached to Zatanna, has to pretend like he never even heard her father say that. 
he's got to live a lie now. That's pretty cool. Like that's a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. And you get it in a in a little new talent book. Like every single one of these stories had something like that made me think, wow, either this would make a really good series or this creator I want to see more from this from this artist and or writer. And I don't I don't think it was a throwaway. There was a couple stories in that I kind of like glossed over. Right. I'm sure they're the same ones you did. The before you it's neat. It's cool and all if you want to, you know, give some foreshadowing and say, "Hey, you know, don't miss this because it's going to but a lot of it though sometimes feels like aside from Weapon X, there wasn't a whole lot during Marvel Comics Presents that you could be like, oh, remember that story because that tied into that thing that Quicksilver did. None of those stories really added up, made much of a difference in other ongoing Marvel titles. I don't, man thing these are neat stories, but I don't know if, if they, if they don't refer back to them, if they don't play up, then it was just, it, it, it was almost like, it's like a sitcom where as long as everything goes back to the way it was by the end of the episode, it doesn't matter what kind of craziness happens in those 22 minutes. And and you can read eight pages, and if you read the regular Constantine book and that doesn't play out in a couple of years what you just read in the talent showcase, then it was neat, but what was what was the point? I think this is a very carefully calculated move on DC's part. Number one, they're charging eight bucks for it. Yeah, but it's like, what, 80 pages? 80 pages, but, I mean, we didn't pay that from DCBService.com, but cover price says seven ninety nine. But they're not, aside from Superman and Batman being in the, in the story where I'm guessing it's a trinity foreshadowing, what else could it be? They don't publish Superman and Batman anymore, right? Right. So it has to be trinity without the Wonder Woman. But there, there really isn't, Massive heavy hitters in here. Yeah, you have Wonder Woman in one story, but there's a uh, Hawkgirl story, which I definitely want to see made into a series with this creative team. Jason is written by Erica Schultz, and you know who did the art? No, who did the art? Sonny Lou. Yeah, I knew that, but oh. cool. See, and I'm thinking it, it must be in the works because Dr. Fate is done. Mm-hmm. And Sonny Lou, I think, left Dr. Fate one or two issues before the, actu- the series actually finished. So to get him on a Hawkgirl series, I would pay good money for that. Especially. Yeah, that'd be interesting. No, it would. In this story, uh, Shira is a detective. On the, and she's hunting for nth metal weapons on the streets of Chicago. And for some reason, the Thanagarians, they don't like Shira. And they want her dead. And there's the, it's, it's part mystery, which yeah, it doesn't really, eh, okay, you have to take the, the bad with the Thanagarian, but it's Hawkgirl, right? And Sonny Lou, it's, it's, it's great to look at. Did you like that one, David? Yes. Uh, yay. Mostly because of the Sonny Lou, because I'm not, I'm not a huge Hawkgirl fan. And mm. this is where, aside from the cover, aside from, yeah, there are some, Joelle Jones isn't a new talent. She's the writer on a story, but the artist is a new talent. So yeah, I, it, that's fine. If, if every story has somebody who's new and before I get too sidetracked, th- th- there's an intro. And I remember not this past New York comic con, but last year, um, a couple of the artists we were talking to 
mentioned that they were staying in town because there was a uh, there was a workshop that like Snyder and and uh, Klaus and a couple other heavyweights are basically Jim Lee is going to be there and and so they're a lot of the younger guys newer ish guys uh, were sticking around town so they could take part in that and and that's referenced in the intro in, in this magazine so you get the um, we know this has been a long time coming because they said in the fall of 2015 and then again in March of this year. So this is something that they've been working on. Um, so I didn't know at the time that it was going to tie into this, but I, I, I get that, uh, yeah, there are some people like, like, like Carrie Randolph, who is, you know, I mean, he's, he, he worked on Robin Ward. It's not like he, this is his new first DC work, but it, again, it's one of those things where it, it's really not. It's kind of it, it's he's not a young gun if he's been you know doing it for a decade already. Right, but right. My just to it, add something to what you just said, so we don't get sidetracked. You know, we have much love for Mister Randolph. Oh, absolutely. I did not like that story at all. I did not either. No. Hmm. Um. I, I I absolutely love his work. I just I don't know if he was um way too elongated. New here, yeah. It yeah. was I. I, I I think the Wonder Woman is dynamic, but it's not, um, it, if I were to look at this, it really didn't scream the, the carry that I'm, I'm used to seeing. Exactly. Way too manga-esque. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it's, I don't know, this is strictly an op-ed part of, of my thinking. It, it, it's, there's no, I have no basis in this, but if you're going to, Especially if you're a new writer and you want to, it, I want somebody, if, if this, if you're trying out, if, if you're like, this, this is going to be, this is my submission. I, I'm, this is my foot in the door. I want to be a writer. I, I'd like to read a character that I actually care about. So I know you get that character's voice that, that, so, so any, oh, I don't, uh, a Kyle thing. No, 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 it isn't. No, it absolutely is. No, it's not a Kyle thing. It's like, it's like, wow. Okay, great. So there's, here's, here's Wonder Girl who I haven't cared about since Will wrote Titan. So it's like, I don't, and the same thing with Dead Man. No, Dead Man's an older character. But yeah, if there, if you have characters in here like Hawk Girl that I don't, I'm not familiar with, and that's on me. I'm not familiar with in the post New 52 rebirth world. I don't know if I can't really tell how good of a writer you are if I don't know if you actually get the character. Right, but on the flip side of that, if you look at the characters they did choose, there seems to have been a concerted effort not to step on established writers' toes. Like, there's no Green Arrow in here, where there could have been, right? But that book is an ongoing. These are all characters that don't... Aside from the Trinity, these are all characters that don't have ongoings and, and Constantine. But like. Which, well, and, and that, that then ties into your comment about, hey, this is something in this, in these few pages that may play out. Oh yeah, I think it's someone else's book. So, but if, if, if you're not doing that, if these are inventory stories, which they're not because, I mean, if they've been they don't finish worked on for, for the past few months, then, you know, no, right. And they don't, there's no, everything kind of like is open-ended because yeah. I mean, the Hawker lens with hero takes flight and then I turn the page and it's dead man. And it's like, okay, well, I, oh. so that's, so it's, and that, that, that that's a sharp looking dead man. So, Very. Uh, 
the uh but it's just I, I I'm all for I, I love going back and seeing listen, I I like seeing a creator's growth. You know, we, we, we look at John Romita Jr. art or we look at Paul Smith. You know, you look at someone's art and you see how, how they've changed over the years. And, and I, I like doing that even if they're a writer. And, and if I could say, you know, I, it was the first time this character, this, this creator worked on this character that, that just takes me back to when I first started reading comics. So I, I'm down with new talent, but again, it, it's just, just, Give me something I, I can sing my teeth right. to. Well, I, I look at this book as a free comic book day book. It's all pitches. It's all yeah. it's all stuff you're going to see, but they charged you eight bucks for it. Yeah. And I wasn't – but no, I, I didn't feel like I lost money on the deal because the content that was included is pretty awesome. Um, there's a, a lantern-related re- story called Dead Beacons. By um, Michael uh, Morrissey, Barnaby Begenda drew it. Come on, like yeah, if you were how much? Man, how much go. better can you right? Uh, Ramulo Fajardo Jr. did the colors, um, and it's it's about Kyle and Carol Ferris. Like so, I don't read that section of the Lantern universe, but they're fighting the Hive. Okay, you got my attention, and then there's information. Pass between the two of them that it kind of implies that Carol either may be pregnant from Kyle. Like, I didn't, this is news, right? Um, there's a new villain that's introduced in this thing. Um, you had, uh, uh, I, I presume she's an alien. There's a, there's a, a, a lantern beacon, a, sh- a spaceship in the beginning and these scavengers come onto it to see if they, what they can, you know, pull out of it. And one of them ends up dying. The other one does the monologue in the beginning. And she, like she's, she's saying that all I wanted my whole entire life was to be a lantern. I just want to make a difference and, and be a lantern. And she comes into contact with the villain. So, and then it's just left. You don't know what happened. So there could be two new villains coming into the green, into the lantern universe. Like that, this is the kind of, and, and besides, it's beautiful to look at. Barnaby Beganda. This was the one story that I liked the most. I just thought it was absolutely gorgeous. And yeah, I didn't have a lot invested in the Kyle and Carol, but the art far surpassed that shortcoming, I thought. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. I thought the Dead Man story was great. Um, David Messina on art for that. Yeah. It was a, a fine looking dead man. Um, not too buff. Not is not Kelly Jones' dead man either, where he looks right. like you know a skeleton, but you know kind kind of decrepit dead man, and he's and he's lamenting over the fact that he can't really do much, he can't really inter- interact with many people aside from leap into them. It's just it was a nice look from the head from the mind of of a, a dead person, and then you had a giant Joker mech drawn by Juan Ferreira. Yeah, what? and and. Uh, Again, you have, um, I mean, that's, that's pretty big doings on that last page. Mm-hmm. So. No, seriously. Yeah. Um, it's kind of, comics should be ridiculous because Jason, the Joker, exposes Lois Lane to his toxin. You mm-hmm. know what happens to someone who's exposed to the Joker's toxin, right? Mm-hmm. He throws her in a giant Joker mech and sends her out into Metropolis. So Superman is beating the crap out of the Joker mech and he's, he's like, 
oh my god, you know, it's Lois inside. And he does the quick scan, uh, you know, x-ray vision and finds out she's been in, well, he could look at her to, to determine that. But she's in, infected with the Joker toxin and he comes up with a new power to save her. He combines the, the heat vision with the, what, the, 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 the x-ray vision and he makes, yeah. and he creates microwave vision on the spot to rid her bloodstream of the Joker toxin. But then he he goes and he says, "Time to live up to your nickname." What? That's not a nickname. It, it's little things like that. It's like, but again, like who says said, that? It's, he does when he when when he's when he's zapping her. He says, "Deep breath, Clark. Time to live up to your nickname." The Superman. That's not a nickname, bro. <laughs> but anyway, and then uh, uh, so Batman enters the picture, um, and they're they're conferring, and, and Batman's like, "You got problems because the Joker is going somewhere else." And you're not going to like where he's going. And I'll leave it, you know, let let some people be surprised. It's cool. But you know that's going to play out in Trinity. Yeah, I mean, it started off, you know, at, in Smallville several years ago. And um, and I don't know if that's, if that would be several years before um, Lois Clark came to, but that, that, that's neither here nor there. So, I mean, you fool around with the continuity later. The, the next story, which I wonder, I, I, I'm a huge Joelle Jones fan and, and she wrote a Harley Quinn story, um, which just goes to show you that Jimmy and Amanda do not have a death grip on the character. <laughs> um, and the art is, uh, by, Sam Lotfi. Yeah. And, and colors by, uh, Pete Pandasa. So that, that was a, that felt like a Harley Quinn story. Mm-hmm. Um, had no problem with that. And, and yeah, then there's just, you know, if you, there was, uh, there's a little bit of a Q&A. Christopher Sabella actually wrote, did, did he, he, he wrote the, did he write the Dead Man story? Which story did, did Sabella write? Oh, let's see. Christopher Sabella, I think he wrote the, he looks like he did write, no, the Dead Man, yes, he wrote the Dead Man story. Yeah. So, and, and I know Jason and I like Sabella for high crimes and, mm-hmm. and other works. So I'm, you know, and again, I don't know if this is his first DC work. So, I mean, hence, I mean, that, that could be the dude talent there because Messina has been around a while. Um, again, though, I don't know how familiar he is with working on DC properties. Um, but yeah, so then they, there's a Q and a at the end where they ask, uh, the, the talent, if you had just one chance to tell a DC story, what would it be? Which probably plays into some of the picks for, for this. Are we calling it a one shot? Are we? Yeah, it, I think it is. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I haven't seen any other, well, I haven't gotten a previews, because I keep forgetting to order them, so I don't know if it's been in other. It might be quarterly. I'm afraid bucks. I don't. I don't think we need it to be monthly. But right. Um, there, there's only two stories that really didn't click, and unfortunately, they're both Amazonian. And that's not too bad, considering an anthology of this size with this with how many stories are in this book. Right. I think that was a pretty good average. Yeah, not bad. Not bad at all. All right, let's move on. There's the requisite DC Comics exploration for this uh, episode because I have Maybe no from Vince. No, I have well, okay, but I have no more DC, and I planned All it right. that way. Look at uh, you, but you did. shit. Yeah, Jason, what have you read? 
All sorts of things. Um, did you guys have a chance to read the third issue of Seven to Eternity? No. I did today. Nice, my man. My man. Wait, wait, wait. Let me just... No, I'm halfway through. I'm sorry. Oh, I didn't so. finish it today. I didn't finish it today. I suck. Talk about a deep tease. Wow. I did, man. That was cray. All right. Well, let me just leave it. Like I'm going to say a couple things about it without going into the plot then. Um, we now, in issue three, we find out why the book is called Seven to Eternity. It all makes sense now. That's number one. Number two, the art and the character design and the world design is absolutely mind-blowingly breathtaking. You bet. Opinion is off the frickin' charts. And I'll pretty much leave it at that because I want you guys to read it and know you're enjoying it too. Great issue. I, I think it's really picking up the pace with this issue. We're, we're getting a clear sense of at least what the next six to 12 months of the book is going to be about. It's, it's, it's taking form now. You know, it's, it's going to be a, a journey and adventure with a specific task in mind. But, um, I, I, I want to juxtapose this book, now that the third issue is out, with the discussion we had about Reborn by Miller uh, and Poppy Capullo. And suffice to say, I was by far the most complimentary of Reborn. And um, I had more than a, a handful of people that we're friends with and also that listen to the show reach out to me and in very friendly ways, take me to task <laughs> for my ebullience over Reborn. And one of them, who I'm not going to blow up, but it's, it's a well-known <laughs> friend of ours, uh, suggested to me that given the appreciation I have for the art side of the, of the comic world and my love for Seven to Eternity, it was hard for them to understand my ebullience for Reborn because uh, an objective comparison of the two, both in terms of storytelling and plot and character design, from from the from the art, artistic side to the plot and pacing side, Reborn looks hella generic on both fronts versus the passion you're seeing from Remender and Opeña on Seven to Eternity. Like you read that book and it's like you can tell they put a lot of time into this in every facet. Whereas reborn feels very much by the numbers, uh, both visually and from the narrative standpoint. And I have to say, um, you know, I'm not an old dog you can teach me new tricks. I, I think when comparing it to some other things I've really enjoyed this year or in recent years, they're right. And I think I, in a bout of maybe not laziness, but maybe just because that's the thing that I had read and was ready to talk about. I think I overstated the quality of reborn in discussing the first two issues. Cause I think it does not hold a candle to things like this or department H or things like that, where other creators are setting out to make new worlds, both visually and from a narrative standpoint. So, um, I'm coming around to, to your guys into things. I'm still, I still enjoyed it. I mean, I'm not going to retrench sure. it and enjoy the book, but considering what we know Capullo is capable of as a storyteller visually, it's just a, it's hard not to look at what he's doing so far in Reborn and say he's not, this is not his best. It's not engaging. Right. He's not putting his best work out there. So well, he's not it, flexing it, any muscles. No, yeah. but it could be a case of him either getting not enough 
direction or too much direction. Sure, sure. Yeah, like I said, I, I don't. I'm not making it. I have no idea what the backstory is, right. but, but I do think though it is fair. I mean, I think there, there's something about Miller's storytelling that I enjoy, and it is somewhat linear and somewhat straightforward, and, and I guess a little predictable and by the numbers at this point. But, um, uh, but yes, I, but I, I think in, in terms of of like when we when we describe great books and we use the term great or, or things you have to read, it, Reborn doesn't belong in that in that. That category. Not when you have things like Seven to Eternity. Right. Yeah, which I don't, and and I don't know how, I mean, yes, by, by nature in, in, in this, in this industry, in our hobby, we, we, we tend to compare things, whether it's, it's fairly or not, but, um, with, with Miller, you kind of know, you know what you're getting. And with, with Remender, Seven to Eternity doesn't feel like that it doesn't read like deadly class it doesn't read like uncanny x-force did it doesn't read like lower anything else that that rick's really messed around with and 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 has brought us into these worlds whereas like i said with miller you not i mean the story may not be the same i mean empress isn't written i don't, I don't think this the beats are exactly the same between empress and and starlight and and Reborn, but there are, it, 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 Greg could, you know, Greg just came off of a long run of Batman and we, we, we've seen him, whether it was on Quasar and X-Force, we've seen him on Spawn. So he, he tends to stick around on things for a while. And with Reborn, since this is brand new, it's a lot brighter than, than work that, that, that he's been giving us the past couple of years. He may just also, getting comfortable and 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 getting immersed in this world so i mean we're kind of we're we're on it with the with the ground floor with him so it's i'm I'm interested to see where reborn's going but i mean i i I, yeah i i'm not going to really disagree with anybody who gave you any flack about your review last week no but (laughs) let's say it like it is greg capullo on a not so hot day is still better than at least 90 percent of the people out there Yes. So, you know, if you want to, if you want to try and take down Capullo, take a breath. You better, you better bring it, but it, no, it, no, 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 but but I, I, no, 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 but hold on though. But again, though, like, I think it's just like the JRGR comparisons, like, like this, like Reborn is not like the thing that's cool. The enticing thing about a creator owned book and it's a fantasy book is he gets to do whatever he wants visually. Right. Anything he it's wants. It's true. It's true. Um, and but look at the pages in Reborn where he really excels, where he really feels like the good old Greg Capullo. What is the common element among the really really good pages besides the treetop spread? That's the anomaly. They're dark. Anthropomorphic. They're dark. Creatures? They're dark. Yeah, they're dark. Okay. And he and he gets to do his his cloaked in shadow stuff and that he does so well. Every book that Capullo really blossomed on. It has been dark. Spawn is dark mm-hmm. and Batman is dark. You know, he, he just, he likes to work mm-hmm. the chiaroscuro. He likes to do the light and the shadow and he does it really well. Maybe he's not, I mean, I, I know for a fact that he is because I read Spawn. He's, he's also a very good character designer, but mm-hmm. I, I'm looking at Reborn and I'm, I, I have to agree with you and the other people in a lot of respect because the villain did look like Tim Curry in Legend. 
Sure. A- and and there are there are characters in there that are pretty much by the numbers. The trolls they look like anybody's depiction of a troll, or mm-hmm. the the drag. So yeah, I I I I think it may be. It, it on one hand it's it's not good to say it may be too early to tell because in three issues look what Opeña has done in Seven to Eternity, right? It's only three issues. Yeah. Whereas, you know, one more and they'll be tied and you put them side by side and it's like, yeah, I gotta give it to Opeña here. Because it's just visually it's 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 an, it, it's novel. It's different. It's new. It's reaching. It's extending. And I don't see any of that in Reborn. But that's not to say I wasn't entertained by it. Mm-hmm. I have a very low ceiling for it. Like, if I'm entertained, okay, that's a good book. Is it a great yeah, book? Yeah, and, that, and that's you know. the point. I, that's what I'm saying. I'm not retrenching from last week saying I liked it. I'm not like saying, oh, I thought about it this morning and like it, because obviously I did. I liked it, but I'm saying, but like, I think it may be, if I went back and listened, I think it may have been conveyed, like, I thought it was like exceptional, and it really wasn't. Like, I liked it. Like, it's a book that happy to have in my stack. Right. Whereas I read Seven to Eternity, you know, or I read Low, Sure. Or I read Department H, and I'm like, oh my god! Like now I'm like overwhelmed by it. And I yeah. can't, I can't wait to to see the next part of this new world that's being created in front of me. I think it's safe yeah. to say that Seven to Eternity, put up against any book from any publisher, would cast the Challenger in not so great a light. That's how good Opinion's work is on this book. Oh, dude, he he's he's so <laughs> he's so good, dude. It's I know, like he's become. Like, oh, like he's he's legend status. I think at this point. Yeah, he he will be one of the greats of this yeah. era. Yeah. yeah. Well, he already is. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, no, I, I enjoyed them both. Um, but come on, there's really no challenging this book. Mm-hmm. They, they they have it all. I, I'm just wondering how lengthy the development process was because I can't imagine Opeña drawing characters as richly detailed as these, like on the fly. If he mm-hmm. does, man, he is he is a special, special talent. Yeah. Yeah. You're right, you're right. I know. What else do we have? <laughs> I have a uh, lot me, of stuff to talk about this me week. Me too, me too. I, I know we don't we haven't been talking much Marvel. But I uh a don't bit, have a, one of those. A, what? I don't have one of those. Well, okay. No Marvel. I had a couple few. Uh I tried to big, read one today. A big Sorry. new number one hit. Yeah. This month. I, this month or this week? This month. Okay. What was that? Avengers number one. Oh, did it really? Avengers number one. Now, for a lot of people, I bet this was met with a whimper because all new, all different Avengers, which was the supposed to be the Avengers flagship book for like the last year or so, written by Mark Wade, was not well received by many people. Um... A lot, a lot of complaints. Sales weren't very good. A lot of talk that the Wade wasn't really connecting. I would argue, I thought, I mean, I'm an Avengers mark, so kind of like with Vincent, like, I, it doesn't take a lot for, books got Avengers in the title, I'm probably going to give it a chance. Um, but I will say that I think the thing that Mark was trying to do with that book, um, which he just didn't pull off, was, you know, he was intentionally trying to mix in the established veteran OG Avengers members with a new group of youngsters. And I just think it didn't work. Uh, that was the issue. You know, you had this strange dynamic between the two groups. You had legit young kids who are often featured in their own books. And I'm talking about, uh, Miss Marvel, 
Nova and Miles Morales. And, you know, you just had them seemingly just at odds with the older Avengers. And it just was an odd sort of mix of like globe spanning Avengers as danger with a kid book. And it just, it didn't quite mix. So what they did probably intelligently is split it apart. Wade's doing champions now, which is the kids. And I, we talked about the first issue when it came out a couple weeks back, um, off to a good start. And that's, that's got those three plus, uh, Amadeus Cho, who's the new Hulk. And it's got, uh, Cyclops. Cyclops. Yep. It's this, the, the, the Cyclops from the past that Bendis had brought back. Um, so that's its own thing now. And I dig that for what that is. And I think I had Umberto Ramos art. Uh, and then this book is the Wade's <gasps> attempt to get back to what do you say? Wow. He just saw the artist. He just saw who the artist. Exactly. Holy crap! This book, the new issue of Avengers, is Wade doing it. So some people might be like, "Wah wah wah," but let's remember. I mean, Wade has written a lot of freaking good superhero comics over the years. A lot. Um, it's Wade and Mike Del Mundo. Yeah. And Mike Del Mundo is just a beast. Yeah, I may I mean, read this. I may read this. You should. Yeah, Oof. it was. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, Del Mundo works his magic. You know, he's got this 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 painted style that he's been mastering the last few years, and 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 we got in uh, Weird World, I guess, most recently, which is awesome. Um, and he did those awesome electric covers. But either way, uh, this this takes place right after Civil War Two. And, uh, you know, full disclosure, as we said the last few weeks, none of us are, or at least I don't think, have read Civil War II on the regular. Nope. So I, I've gathered because we're getting the post-Civil War II aftermath in a lot of books I do read, like what happened, which is, again, they had the Civil War. There was this character, uh, a powered kid who could see the future, and S.H.I.E.L.D. and some of the heroes started using him in, like, a Minority Report sort of way to, pre- to preemptively try and arrest or stop people from committing crimes they may commit in the future. The other heroes thought that was bad because they believe your future is malleable and you control your own future. So yes, there's this kid seeing one possible future, but maybe it's not the future that actually will transpire. I'm not exactly sure how that all got resolved. I do know that it is resolved in some way now. They're getting back to normal. Um, Iron Man, Tony Stark's either dead or very hurt. Not quite sure which, but either one. Um, and where they're picking up the pieces. So we have basically the adults from the all new, all different, which are, uh, Falcon Cap, um, Jane Foster, Thor, um, uh, who else am I? Uh, Vision. The Vision, right. And then we've also got Wasp, the new Wasp, uh, the female Wasp, um, uh, who is, it's, uh, not, not Pym? No, it's, uh, Hank Pym's other daughter from his first wife. Right. Isn't her name Nadia? Oh, is it? Yeah, Nadia. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. Nadia. Hercules. Um, what's that? Is it Hercules? And, and Hercules. Hercules. Yep. Yeah. And he's new. He's, he's, he's back. This is the, we, he joins the team this, in this first issue. And then Spidey joins the team again. Now, where I'm wondering if Daph had an issue and where Vince may have an issue is I know you guys have not been feeling the Spider-Man status quo in no small part because Peter is now like the new Tony Stark. He's got Parker Industries. He's one of, he's the one of the world's wealthiest men. Everything's going hunky dory for him. And with that as a backdrop, what happens in this issue makes sense, which is that the Avengers are without sponsorship. Tony's out of the picture. 
Peter's feeling guilty, I guess, because he was on the side of uh, Civil War that didn't win, the side of, like, using this dude to stop stuff. So he's wanting to make amends. So he offers to be their new benefactor and put them up in Parker Industries building, which happens to be the Baxter building. It's the Baxter building, yeah. 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 Um, But either way, Parker is their new sugar daddy. Um, And as a result... They they ask Spider-Man to join the team, and so he joins the team. So we've got Falcon Cap, we've got Red Wing, who they're actually calling a member now, because Red Wing, I guess, is not only just a, a, a uh, not only just a, a, a Falcon now, but he's also uh, got like cannons on his. Like, yeah, <laughs> the hell, so, he's got cannons. Call him a member. Yeah, it's all, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Hercules, you got Spidey, Wasp, uh, Vision, and then um, I guess that's it, right? Am I? And then they'll insinuate they're going to get some more members here soon. Hercules goes off to get some more people. But, um, and, you know, like any great Avengers fan will tell you, if you're going to try and get a new book going, uh, you want to go to a, back to a classic villain. And so they gave us Kang. Yeah. Who they gave us at the beginning of the last Wade Avengers book. Oh, you're right. So it's, it's, I forgot that, that was, that was one of my. You're right. Mm. Yeah, so I mean, it's like, hey, we're going back. It's like it's a redo. It's just it I didn't expect a redo. Mulligan. But that's uh, El Mundo art, though. But and and yes, and as gorgeous as it is, he he does it a couple times in this issue. I know what you're going to say, and I'm that with Photoshop you. Photoshop filter where 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 the the character in the foreground is all fuzzy. No. Okay. I, I don't know what you're going to say, but you probably will agree with me. Go ahead. No, no, no. That's there's there's a crowd scene where. Um, Kang is confronting Vision, and then the other scene where uh, the other page with um, where Nadia is working on the Vision, uh, and a really skinny. I'm wondering if Del Mundo was like, "Hey, Miles Morales is in this book, right?" And a real skinny Spider-Man and Captain America are talking with Nadia in the foreground, and it's that that camera out of focus because we're supposed to be focusing on Sam yeah. and, and Spidey, and it's which in in. In live action, when you're watching a video, that's that that's all well and good. I don't know it 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 doesn't annoy me, but it's like that's it, it's unnecessary needling is for me. But that's I don't mind. Depth of, I don't mind I depth I of field. I do mind reflective areas on Spider-Man's suit. That oh, well, drives yeah, me freaking uh, crazy. Yeah, no, we're, we we definitely yeah, agree there. What is the deal with the glowing webs? It's huh. His his webs are glowing. Yeah, I know. It's. I don't, what are you talking about? The part where he's it, he where he's swinging. He it, it, the the top of the page is Peter, and and there's, there's a cityscape, and then Peter, and then it just shows Spidey half a page swinging. Those webs are they look like they're glowing. Yeah. I think this art's flawless. I would buy the whole. Dude, I would at, buy the entire issue if it was for sale. Okay, but look at the reflection in his leg, of his webs. Like what is that? And and every every cell on his arm in, bet- yeah. in between the there's that 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 highlight. Like he, t- it's not le- gold lame, like lame. Spider Man's yeah. outfit's not reflective. Ah, you need a new gold lame suit. No, no, just no. No, no, I don't. <laughs> Make it stop. Yeah, Seriously, you your your status quo. You're letting it affect you. I know, but I mean, the, I think the issue is gorgeous. I just don't oh, like. Yeah. I don't like a, respl- a reflective Spidey suit. I never did. I don't like it when when Alex Ross does it. I just, it's weird. 
And that's I like Hercules. He's got like a Shatterstar look now with that. that yeah, it's like <laughs> Shatterstar. I think it's great. I think the facial features are great. It almost looks like Andrew Robinson faces, which I love. I think the, um, that, and I think Wade does the. He's got great little bits of of character moments in this. Yeah, it looks like it. I, I really but, like his Thor. I like his Jane Foster Thor. I, it, when she's talking to just about anybody, it's just it's that Thor is whether they're talking about cleaning up after a fight or, or, you know, if, if, if I thought that was going to take longer to beat him down, it's just, I, I think Wade has a, has a real good handle on Thor. Hercules seems to always be fun. Um, I am not a, a fan of Nadia at all. Um, well, but she's she kinda, supposed to be. yeah, no, I know. Um, but even from when Wade introduced her in, in the initial run, when, um, Jarvis, and, and, and drove out to, to go. It's just, but yeah, there, there are some things where you might be scratching your head over with this, but the, the Del Mundo art definitely, yeah. uh, makes you feel like, yeah, I, I, I don't care what came before this and I don't care what issues I had with whatever was going on before this. Now I am, uh, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good, but, and, Dude, and the, the best, thing, I, there, uh, there's a, that page where, where uh, uh, Falcon's like, yeah, man, we're down to six members talking to Spidey. Yes. But he's like, all right, you, Herc, Vision, Thor, Wasp. He's like, wait, are you including me? And then he's like, no, I was counting Red Wing, actually. And then Spidey's (laughs) like, dude, he's a bird. He's your pet. And then then Falcon's like, my partner, he's got a healing factor and sonic cannons. And believe it or not, if I concentrate, I can see through his eyes. And then Spidey's like, oh, please, sonic cannons? And then all of a sudden... (laughs) Fucking Red Wing comes out of nowhere and blows Spider-Man with the sonic cannons. Gaff absolutely gaffles him, and Spidey's laying in a smoldering heap next to Falcon's feet. And Falcon's just like, "Yep." So, are you Avenger member number seven? It's awesome. I think that's great. Like that's classic Wade. I think that's like great Wade character moment. Like I just, I don't know. I, I mean, you know, if, uh, if, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know if. if if this book was done by by Chap Yap, maybe I wouldn't have liked it at all. But <laughs> but I mean, but I dug it. I thought it was really good. I, I felt like it was a refreshing start restart to uh, what was a pretty down year for the Avengers last year. And again, the bummer of that last book was that, and I own pages from it because I mean, yeah. Mahmoud's art was gorgeous. I mean, the art was impeccable. But I but the story was, was on. But the series kicked off with with Kubert art, and and even that, yeah, that was not, that's and, and it's not. It wasn't. It, it was serviceable, but I mean, again, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's Marvel now and point one or whatever, and you're, you're trying to kick things off and, and just come out hard. Um, the, the cliffhanger is I, that you get to the end because again, it's, it's you're fucking with time. Um, and everybody's all, yeah, man, we're good. We got nothing to worry about. They're, uh, they're going to do their thing and slowly and surely as, as they were. Surely. As, as they, as, as everybody was being affected by what was going on, it would just, it, I, I got to the last page and I, I haven't said this in a while about an Avengers book. I want the next issue now. There you go. 
that's what I'm saying. Yep, and I love the coming this year in Avengers page. Yeah, and then they, exactly. So what Vince is talking about, they did a coming this year like you would in a TV show, and they give you different scenes of different stuff you're going to be seeing over the next year's worth of arcs. I love that idea. Yep. That Was that a Hickman joint? Did he do that in his books? Yes, he did. He did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did. You're right. Mm-hmm. But it's so there you go, Avengers number one. Yeah, it looks like, really like good. Volume eight, whatever it is. I'm gonna have to read this. There's a uh, there's another Marvel first issue that uh, that I read and enjoyed this week. Um, Who did wow. it? We're gonna have to part ways on this one, my friend. Oh, wow, you read it? Yeah. What'd you I read? Know what you're talking about Ghost Rider? No, I didn't. Uh-huh. I was going to, but I, I didn't get a chance to. Did not like yeah, it. Yeah, I read that either. Didn't even know it came out. Yeah, there's a new, um, which, I've, I mean, since Robbie Reyes is in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I guess they just, there. but I haven't, I don't know what the hell's been going on with the Ghost Rider since Secret War, so I, I don't know if it, did you read it, Vince, or just I not even? I did read it. I did read it. Does it, does it touch on Ghost Racers? <laughs> I, what? I, I just, I didn't like the look of it. Okay. So. Who did the art? Um, hang on. Hang I know on. Treadmore's name was on the cover, but I don't know yeah. how much work he did on it. Uh, it. let's see. The art is by Bayruth. Is yeah. it, is it Bayruth? I, I don't know, or more. Here, I'll go ahead. You talk about that and I'll find the issue mm-hmm. and I'll tell you exactly who Well, he's, he's not going to talk about it. Right, talk about it. No, talk, talk about the thing you did read. One. That's right. what I'm going to, yeah. yeah. Um, so as Jason just mentioned, their, uh, Thor is not the Thor you've known, especially, I mean, if, unless you've been just ignoring everything that's been going on the past year and change, um, Thor is a woman, uh, which means Odin's son is not Thor, um, and just goes by the name Odinson now. So Jason Aaron pretty much making this his 50th issue of a Thor comic book. Gave us the unworthy Thor number one. With Quapel art. And Quapel is the artist, so he inked himself, and it is, it is some beautiful looking work. I don't know how long it took him to do this. Um, Matthew Wilson is your colorist. This, there's a, uh, there's a little bit of a flashback, but, um, you, uh, Thor's being, beaten on quite a bit um, while he's trying to reach for what you think might be a um, an axe unless you see the cover of the magazine, you see the cover of the comic and you um, remember a Walt Simonson character named Beta Ray Bill, then this hammer may look familiar. Um, Thor ends up, this is a According to the story, is uh, you know three months earlier, he's on the moon and he is going to fight uh, trolls because the only thing he likes to do more than drink is beat on trolls. So he's taking them on, uh, only to be stopped by Ulick, the king of trolls. Notices that Thor, that Odinson doesn't have Thor's hammer. Um, compares him to a fangless snake and the trolls continued it and all gang up and beat up on, on Odinson. Um, they get the upper hand, they get the better of them and they escape. And, uh, 
so he throws he throws his axe, which I believe is um Yarnborn. It's, it's it's again one of those names, but he throws he throws the axe. He uh Ulick says, Well that was a nice throw if you were aiming for the stars, and then he and then Thor tells Tooth Nasher to, to go fetch his axe. But while he's moping pouting on the moon, a um a hooded figure surrounded by chains shows up, and I'm pretty sure we know who this character is. Um because some of us unfortunately read original sin. So I'm pretty sure we know who this guy is who's talking to Thor. Um and this hooded figure is telling uh is telling Odinson that there's that there's another one. That, that, that he's kind of like he's acting he's not really acting so much like a watcher more of a phantom stranger where he's just like, you know, I'm not going to tell you I'm not going to tell you what's at the end of this road. I can kind of just nudge you to maybe go in that direction because it, it, it's worth your while. So he's telling Odinson, you know, in basically, I'm just going to come out and say, it. he's like, listen, there's another hammer out there. And, and he's, uh, he's referring to a, um, a hammer that he saw fall because of the, um, during the secret wars, during, during the, the Thor's miniseries. Um, and this hooded figure goes by the name the unseen, but he sees all, all the beauty, all the horror, all the secrets and the sins all forevermore, uh, tells Odinson that there's another hammer. And, um, and if you, where do you think a hammer would fall? So Odinson hops on Toothnasher and they head towards, um, Asgard, which is basically, um, Smoldering ruins. There's, there's, uh, an entire realm is basically just vanished. Um, nothing is there. Beta Ray Bill shows up. Says, Odinson, I feared I would find you here. Um, they have a quick chat and he says, uh, he says, I, I I know where Beta Ray Bill tells him that he knows where Asgard's been taken to. Um, we'll need an army to take it back. And, um, Someone basically has stolen Asgard. So he says, you know, I, I see the rumors are true. You've lost your hammer. And here, brother, I beg of you, take mine. And that's the end of the issue where we're continuing to the second issue. But um I, I guess we can't have Thor without a hammer too long. I don't know where it's – I don't even know if, 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 if Odinson goes to reach for this hammer if he's just not going to fall to the ground. Maybe he's not worthy to even pick up this one. I'm, I, I love where Aaron kind of just – left us off, but there is a, uh, there's the, the, the back matter is basically, you know, Aaron saying between, you know, Thor, God of Thunder and Thor and Thor's the mighty Thor. Now this first issue, the unworthy Thor, he's written 50 issues of Thor. Um, he still has a lot more to do. Uh, there are things coming up like the Asgard Shi'ar war, uh, the queen of cinders, the butcher of worlds, um, the war of the realm. So he's, he's got a lot more planned when it comes to Thor. I don't know where that leaves Odinson. I don't know where that leaves Jane. I am happy to be along for the ride with this. Uh, but this was a, a really good first issue. And, and I, the, the, the art is absolutely gorgeous, but yeah, I, I, if, if you've been missing Odinson and I know that, you know, he'll pop up on, on, um, in the mighty Thor, but this is, this is just straight up Odinson. No Jane, no, uh, 
you know, it's, it's a lot of, uh, not a lot of, but, but some heavy reflecting. And, and it was, uh, it's, this guy is doing what he's doing and, and fighting and getting in the shit. And, and, uh, it, it, I'm, I'm stoked to see where, uh, where it's going. I'm right there with you. Sure is beautiful. It is. Yeah, I dug it. Always good to see Beta Ray Bill. Yep. Uh, always great to see Tooth Nasher. I like all these tropes being back. It's cool. Uh, you look respect. So, uh, big yeah. respect. Yeah. You look, you know, he's got those, those giant, uh, uh, brass knuckles. <laughs> he's a bad boy. Why a giant troll king needs brass knuckles? I think it's hilarious. Extra punch. So are they enchanted brass knuckles or? Yeah. It's the sling ring. Kirby Knuckles. Slang. The uh, Ghost Rider was written by Felipe Smith and the arts by right. Danilo S. Beirut. Oh, right, because Felipe Smith went from artist to writer, right? Yeah. Well, Felipe, he, I mean, he wrote the, I believe he, well, he and Trad, the co-creators of Robbie, so I'm, I'm pretty sure, and Felipe, I think, wrote Ghost Racer, so he's just, he's continuing yeah. working with the character, so that's yeah. his. Well, it's, you know, it's yeah. Ghost Rider number one, and the majority of the issue is taken up by Amadeus Cho. Wow. Yeah, so. Amadeus is definitely out there, a lot of, a lot of Amadeus these days. Yeah. Amadeus, Amadeus. Not feeling it. Amadeus, Amadeus, Amadeus. And, uh, yeah, and besides, X-23 pops up too, so. <laughs> now we're talking. Nah, right at the very end. That's mm. it's not a a hook that's going to get me to read a book. But I mean, that's well, because you hate all things good. I I do. I've I I just dislike good things. <laughs> I do. And I really I really dislike the book I want to talk about now. All right. And I'm being facetious because I loved it so much. Uh, it's a five issue gold digger. I would not grace you with Gold Digger. That's too good for you. Wow, uh, too good. Suddenly, it's too good for you. <laughs> this is a five-issue miniseries. Bomb Queen published by both Dark Horse and Boom. The Boom. Yep, it's a joint. Written by Mr. Tim Seeley and David Walker. Power Man and Iron Fist. David Walker. Yes, we're right. aware. Illustrated by Fernando Dadino, and it is gorgeous. Color art by Sandra Molina. It's two of my all-time favorite things all mashed up together. Tarzan and Vampirella. Tarzan on the Planet of the Apes. Oh, I was half right. You were half right. Yeah. Uh, the covers, oh my God, the covers are by Duncan Figredo. They are nice. astonishing. But are you familiar with the movies, Jason? The originals or the new ones? The, the originals. Not really. I mean, I've seen two or three of them when I was a kid, but I have not seen them since then, so no. Okay. Well, the conceit of Escape from the Planet of the Apes was that Cornelius and Zira, with the help of Dr. Milo, escaped the Doomsday Weapon from the, the old bald-headed mutants that they had in the second movie with the Doomsday Weapon and that destroyed the whole planet, but... Cornelius and Zira and and well almost Dr. Milo went up in they went up in Taylor's ship and were taken to Earth in the 1970s which was their past. In this version 
they're not taken to earth in the 1970s. Cornelius and Zira, Dr. Milo dies, find themselves 2,000 years in the past to earth in the 1900s. And where do you think they landed? In Africa. Mm-hmm. Zira becomes the leader of the Manjani tribe. She and Cornelius adopt Tarzan. A young, young, young Tarzan who they found shipwrecked. And that's a twist. Yes, it's awesome, right? They have another son, an ape they named Milo after Dr. Milo, but he mm-hmm. changes his name in the course of this uh, series. Does he now? Yeah. Um, story opens, and there's a pack of hunters, and one of them just happens to be named William Clayton, and they're slaughtering apes, right? Um, when one of the apes talks and he gets inspired, he's like, Oh, we can enslave these bitches. So he, without, I mean, there's bloodshed. Unfortunately, Cornelius dies. Oh, yeah, big doings. And they take Tarzan back to Greystoke Manor and they, they, they raise him in, cause this is Tarzan's last blood relative. His mother and father are dead. This is his, his, uh, his cousin, William. Um, and when Cornelius died, little Milo saw it. So years pass and the apes aren't playing nice. So Clayton takes Tarzan back to Africa to negotiate with the Manjani. During which, during that time, Milo changes his name to Caesar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, but it, oh, this, this, this doesn't just tie Tarzan with Planet of the Apes. There's a third Edgar Rice Burroughs property that also plays into this. Because before the battle, Tarzan and Milo, they're running through the jungle and they're having a great time. And they encounter a group of Triceratops. They look like Triceratops. They're dinosaurs, um, obviously. And, and the dinosaurs run right into this portal of white light and disappear. And they go back to the Manjani treehouse and they're telling Zero and they're like, hey, mom, we saw these, these, and he drew, they drew them out and they say, we saw these beasts and they disappeared in this, this white light. And she's like, oh shit. Because the last time she saw white light was when she made the time jump from her time to earth in the 1900s. So she believes that the fact that Cornelius and Zira even are in this part of time is disrupting the space-time continuum and it's popping up these portals everywhere. But Zira doesn't live long either. Uh, the, the Manjani tribe is attacked by a group of velociraptors and while the, 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 the apes and Tarzan and, and um, Caesar are fighting the velociraptors, Zira is cornered by this telepathic creature that kind of sort of resembles a pterodactyl. Have you guys ever read a lot of burrows? Mm. No. They're also tying in the At the Earth's Core uh, books. Mm. This is awesome. This is so much awesome in, in one series. Like, I can't even take it because I'm reading it. And I'm like, I, you know, we know Tim. He's he's our friend. It's like he's writing everything that I want to read in one friggin' yeah, it book. Like it's a book made for you. Yes, and the art by this this uh, Fernando Dagino, it is amazing. I'll put the images up on the uh, the Facebook site. Mm-hmm. It's 
it's it's not too tight, it's not too loose, it's right in the sweet spot, and I swear to God, there are some panels, I don't know if Dagino is a fan of Mike Plug. there are some mm-hmm. panels that you would swear Plug had a hand in. Now, his style, if you looked at Dagino's art, you would not say, oh, that guy draws like Mike Plug. He doesn't. But the backgrounds and the composition and the way Tarzan is is the body positioning with the knuckle out, it looks like Plugart, some of it. And it's like, you're playing the harp right to my soul when you do that. This book was such a surprise because, I know, I mean, we know how good Tim is, but when you say, okay, Tarzan's going to be mixed with Planet of the Apes, I'm like, okay, I got to see this first. Oh, wow. Page one just won me right over. And there's been three issues to date. It's amazingly good. If you're a fan of any of these, if you're not a fan of Tarzan, why are you listening to me talk? But anyway, if, if you're not, if you're a fan of Planet of the Apes, you gotta read this book. It's so freaking good. I don't know what's going on. We're, I mean, there, there are, there's one scene in this book where Tarzan is actually not in his timeline. He's in the Planet of the Apes timeline because the general, uh, the, the apes are chasing him and they're the apes from planet, from the movies. So I don't know, maybe we're going to get a switch as this series goes on. We didn't get it any other than that one little sequence, but Tim has mm-hmm. plans, I'm guessing, and, and David Walker. This, it's so good. I love it. It's, it, it's, it's amazing. And I'm, I'm thinking the 11 o'clockers are coming up. Mm-hmm. This would make a nice candidate for best limited series. It's not finished. It isn't. But it will be. Almost. <laughs> it will be. Oh, well, <laughs> five. Is it half over? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So Perfect. it's three. Three done. One more come out before the end of the year, and then you'll have a nice little after dinner mint for January. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> no, I love everything about this issue. I want a hardcover. Give me one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But look at the art. I mean, you'll see it. It's just astoundingly good. So that's all I got for that. So it's halfway decent. It's more than halfway. It's all no, it decent. Sound good. Yeah, it does sound good. I, you know, I'm not. Apes isn't is my knowledge of the classic Planet of the Apes is close to as little as my knowledge of classic Doctor Who. Right. But <laughs> it's very different. I don't. I don't like. I, it's just a white space. I don't like. I don't view it as something I actively dislike or yeah. avoided. Whereas the Doctor Who's piece of shit. I, well, I unfortunately, play, the Apes movies get progressively worse. So I've heard. First one's legendary. Battle or not battle beneath is awesome. And then they That's the they, they, they Wait, start. The first one is just the straight plan of the Apes. Yeah. Right? Then beneath is the sequel without Charlton Heston. Well, for the most part. So I was gonna say is Charlton Heston only in the first one. He's kind of a little bit in the second one. Just right. a tiny, tiny bit. But um, and then like they, Marlon Brando, the Superman Returns, Battle for the Planet of the Apes is absolute <laughs> poop. It's okay. just bad. They so they show the, this one treehouse blow up like the same scene ten different times in the movie. But nice. I, I will say, do you like the 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 new Planet of the Apes movies? I, I think do they're, very I think much. they're great. And yes. and I never, you know, with beloved movie franchises, when they always go back to the well, there's always a danger of them not living up to what has come before. Aliens, right? Terrible. 
Everything that came after the first two movies is, is crap. But I saw over the weekend the latest chapter in, in a fairly long running. I consider what? Four or five movies in a long running series. I saw, um, Jurassic World. I think it's, yeah. the, I think it's the best movie in the series. It's awesome. It's way better than the first one. It's better than all of them. Uh, Jason, do you not it's, agree? No, I enjoyed it a lot, but I mean, I think it's, it's it just relies a, a, on a remake of the first one. Just a, it's just a little bit more modernized remake of the first one. No, it's not. Do you think there's any truth to the rumor that uh, that the Chris Pratt Chris Pratt character is the uh, is the boy from the first movie that Sam Neill is is showing the uh, the raptor claw to at the dig at the dig site? Oh, I don't know. Who said that? It's I, I saw it. It was one of those like memes or Tumblr images but it was it was the they were just i don't know i don't want to say they were reaching but it was just it, it was one of those you know haha wink wink things where if if you think too long about it it, it might be he may have grown up to be him we we That's watched cool. that a while ago and it was um we both enjoyed it and it was at, obviously it was after guardians of the galaxy so chris pratt's in it and they wanted to see it and and uh that, she just cracks up whatever. what's what's that what the woman's name Bryce. Bryce Dallas Oh, my God. Yeah, she looks real good oh here. Oh, my God. She she's gorgeous. Yeah. But, I mean, pound for pound, there's more action in, in Jurassic World than there is in all the ones that came before. Yes. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. And you, I, I hope they take it to the logical. It's kind of like the Alien franchise. Now they're going to start weaponizing the dinosaurs. <laughs> That's a cool hook. I want that to happen. But anyway, comic books, more of them. What else we got? <laughs> your your toes and torps. I am. I got an image book for my annual travels. Get the fly. Oh, I'm no. not kidding. <laughs> it's I'm not seven to eternity, there. but you know. No, it's not. That's what I said. Y'all still ain't with that Southern Bastards current tip, I guess. I didn't. Uh, I read up to, uh, is it 15? All right, good. Good. Um, can can you get up to speed, Vince, before we have Jason back on? I will. I will. I only have 10 issues to read. Yeah, 15 was real good. It, it pissed me off a lot. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, the... And, oh, and, and I caught up on um, Kill or Be Killed. I read the third issue of that. And I don't know. It, it's not... I guess I'm still riding the high of the fade out. It, it's mm-hmm. pretty much anything that Brubaker and Phillips were going to follow up with. Um, unless it was, unless they were going back to criminal, unless they were coming back with, uh, or, or incognito or, or one of the books that I enjoy. But after the fade out, I, that it could have been, they could have saved that for, you know, this is our last creative effort together is our last team up and that would have been an awesome swan song for them it, it's it's just I, i'm sure there's some neat things about killer be killed but i'm not I, i'm just i'm not loving it and and it's I'm, I'm not trying to compare it to the fade out but it's um it's just i don't it, it's a different story but i just don't have the same kind of um uh, 
affection for it after three issues. So I don't, it's, it's not, oh, okay, that the fourth issue is out and I'm gonna, I, I can't wait to read it. I'll, it, it's something I'll probably maybe let a couple pile up before I get back to, but, um, I, I, it, it's hard for me to feel any empathy for the lead character. So it's, it's, it's one of those things where he, he, uh, he's still, uh, moping about his, uh, his best friend who's a female who's banging his roommate. And, uh, but yet she's, um, she has feelings for him and is kind of leading him on. And the boyfriend is going out of town for the weekend. So they're going to hang out and she wants to talk because apparently they made out one night and, um, she doesn't, uh, he, he's got his own things going on in his head. Cause obviously there's that whole, uh, demon or a monster inside that, uh, is, is making him do things. So he's, he has to kill in order for, to, to kind of satiate the beast. And, uh, he goes home to, there was Shell in Port Chester, in, in Westchester, and he, um, stops by mom's house and, uh, finds dad's gun. Dad used to draw cartoons for, um, or he used to be an illustrator for, uh, for skin magazines. And his best friend, her parents were, well, her, her mom remarried a couple times, but mom's second husband, uh, introduced his wife to the world of swinging. So uh, the girl would wake up in the middle of the night and go downstairs and sit on the steps and, and watch all these adults just having all these orgies and shit. Um, Down with it. Yeah. So um, they decided to go out. So he takes his, uh, takes his best friend. And, um, and so uh, he takes dad's gun. They go to the shooting range and um and the uh the she's really turned on after uh going to the gun range they're making out in the back of an uber they're going uh, they're going up to their apartment but the boyfriend came home early and uh and so um he's like oh you got to tell me all about the gun range and everything that's so awesome i've never seen you hotter and now uh he um they they go into their room and and she kind of looks over at at uh at him for a bit and he's still um but he doesn't want to dwell on that because he still has work to do as he's going and 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 looking at the police blotter to see what kind of uh people have gone free and this is after he killed a um he kills the older brother of one of his friends from elementary school who the or middle school, we'll say, um, because there was there was a moment where he wanted to. Um, while he's reliving all these memories of when, when when he goes to mom's house, he's he didn't realize it at the time. He realizes it now that um, his friend. Um, was sexually abused. His, his friend Teddy, um, they're hanging out in dad's studio one day together and, um, 
And he's like, you know, hey, we, we, you know what we could do is we, we, we could pull our underwear down and, and touch our pee-pee to our buttholes. That line always works, dude. <laughs> That's instant. That's I'm in like Flint now. So he says, um, oh, shit. he's like, he's like, why, why would we do that? That's stupid. He's like, no, nah, it's it, it's cool. My brother does it with me sometimes. So I said it there. I heard of. So, so I think I think Ed's got some issues. We got to work. Oh so, my goodness. Um, I think so, I know what page is going to be up on the Facebook. <laughs> so. They, uh, he's like, no, that's okay. We should, um, we should get out of here before my mom comes. And so he's dwelling back on that story and, and realizing that, well, shit, then if, if, uh, if Teddy's brother is a piece of shit like that, then I can just take him off the board and, and then, you know, that'll be, that'll be the kill and I'll be good. And, um, so he, he goes digging through Facebook, finds the guy, finds a bar he's, uh, tending at and, um, takes him out. So yeah, that's, there are, I mean, again, there are some neat things, uh, PPs and buttholes beside. There, there are some neat things in this series, but um, picking them out and 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 getting to, I mean, I, I when he was talking about his father and and Sean Phillips went buck wild on the uh, on the illustration that he showed for um, the the science fiction sex tinged stories. Um, it. Again, there are some cool moments within the three issues so far, but it's it's not um it's not hitting me the way some of their Brubaker and Phillips earlier works were. You have to click with the main character or series don't go over well with you. No, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, For the I, most I, part you do. The main character, but yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. But that's understandable, right? Well, if I'm, it's, it's, it's escapism. And if I'm going to devote my time to, to reading the story or see where it's going, I, I, I don't need to love everything about it, obviously, because I mean, that's, that's life. You're not going to enjoy every single thing about, you could be in a room full of people. Someone's going to piss you off. So, um, I, but yeah, if, if, if he's the main, if he's the person driving the story, if I'm reading his thoughts and, and everything were, it's revolving around him, then yeah, if, if I'm not, if if the dude annoys me, if the character annoys me to no end, then then it's very hard for me to enjoy sure. this or keep wanting to read more about why why would I care what this person does if I really can't stand them? Right. I can't find the PP in the butthole page. <laughs> it's in the second issue. Oh, okay. I was looking in three. Yeah. Yeah, I had to go back to two. We lost Jason. Jason, what are you doing? He's like, I'm looking for. I'm good, dude. I'm chilling. <laughs> I'm chilling. Oh, you're funny. <laughs> Dad, did you read uh, Infamous Iron Man 2? Yes. Yes. And I'll let you go first. Man, you hate on everything these days. Everything. Everything. I just talked about on Worthy Thor and we were talking about Avengers, but yeah, everything. <laughs> everything. He's all. He's all. Uh, Bendis Malev. Yep. Uh, again, Dom, Victor Von Doom is, uh, good looking. <laughs> he is a good guy. He is wearing the Iron Man armor. And, and his hood. And his hood. His mom is back. 
although she doesn't appear in the second issue, but she is back. Um, and in this issue, he finds something that the Mad Thinker has. Not sure exactly what it was, but he wanted it. And he tells the Mad Thinker, like, you best get on the straight and narrow and start doing something good for society, or I'm going to come and get you. And the Mad Thinker's like, you're a sellout bitch now. Pulls a gun on him, which is like, <laughs> like, it's like, it's like, I mean, like, like, I mean, respect to Bendis and all, but like, the Mad Thinker by all accounts is a near superpowered genius, right? Yeah. Been around the block clearly by the definition of, hey, it's, they know each other, they have a history, because they, they, they acknowledge that up front that they know each other. So why in the flock would a dude like Mad Thinker ever think to pull out a straight regular gun and shoot Victor Von Doom like that would work? Like, why ever would that ever cross his mind that that would work? Like, he's not just some random thug that Victor Von Doom was, like, coming up at and being like, yo, man, turn your life around. It's the fucking Mad Thinker. Anyway, he pulls a gun on Doom, and needless to say, it doesn't work too well. And fucking Doom gets him. I think he kills him. I don't know for sure, but it seems like he kills him. So it's like... Doom is, like, good, but he's, like, he's still willing to kill in the name of what he thinks is good. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, so, you know, Doom's kind of doing his thing here, and for someone, I don't know if it's S.H.I.E.L.D. or somebody hired, hired again, which is, like, why you got to hire this guy? Hired Thing to track down and capture Doom. Um, now, I would think Thing would be more than happy to get the Doom on his own. Not sure why he needs to be hired to do it, but whatever. Um and so the issue is really Thing trying to find where Doom is and then Doom doing his stuff. We're trying to get a sense of what Doom is up to, what his motivations are, that sort of a... And and then ultimately, I think, uh, as you can guess, they, they come come to loggerheads sort of at the end of the climax. So I guess we'll see a big battle between them in the third issue. Um, didn't like it as much as the first issue. Uh, I really thought the premise of seeing Doom be benevolent but was he really going to be benevolent combined with the idea that his mom was back in the picture could have been fascinating and still may be. Um, but this just seemed a little off to me again, just with the choices that Ben just made with the gun and the idea that the things got to be hired. Like, a, like he's a mercenary. It's just none of that really made a lot of sense to me, given a long, long history between Ben Grimm and, and doom. So and this one was a little bit of a flop for me, uh, or, like story wise. Um, I, as I said with the first issue, I think it's the best I think I've seen Malevolent in a long time. Um, still not my my most favorite artistic style. Um, you know, I, again, it doesn't compare to like the Del Mundo stuff that we were just talking about in Ropeña or anything like that. But uh, but I think it looks good. I mean, I think it's definitely good Malev. So if you are a Malev fan or you remember his Daredevil run fondly, I think this is of that quality. So it's certainly better than what we've. It's better than the bald Bendis Namor we saw a few years back. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I'd say it's like a, it was a good issue, but not at all. Doesn't at all compare to uh, how much I enjoyed Avengers number one or uh, Unworthy Thor number one. This was a. The scene in England was pretty cool where he sneaks up on his doctor friend. She shoots him. And, uh, oh yeah, that was good. They have a nice exchange because she's like, I owe you a new suit. And he's like, you can't afford it. <laughs> you can't afford it. I'll pay for it. You can't, you could. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he's like, why would you, why would you pull a gun? I've never, I've never harmed you. I've never threatened you. She's like, dude, you're, you're fucking intimidating. You're Dr. Doom. Like, why would yeah. you, you can't just walk up on people. And, and, um, 
but she does, and this is, this was pure doom, but she says, uh, I appreciate that you let your guard down around me. He's like, it won't happen again. It's like, so from now on, it's just like, I'm, I'm going to be all, she's like, listen, you know, the gun wasn't for you. It's because, you know, I, I moved to, to England. Dad wanted me to, and he's all like, your father, the doctor, he gave you a gun. It's like, dude, who the fuck just, how are you going to try to apply logic to anything you're about to say? So, um, it was, that was towards the end of the issue because then that's when Ben Grimm finally shows up. But this was a really slow burn. I mean, it, it took forever to get to, we start off with like so many pages of Ben at the Liberian embassy. Yeah. Knocking over vases and shit. And, and pissing people off. And then you, it was three scenes. It was, it was the embassy. It was Matt Thinker's hideout. And then the doctor's apartment where Grimm shows up. And it just, it, it just felt like Bendis is just like, I'm going to take all the issues I want to take to, to, to tell the story. And yeah, I mean, we may, hopefully we'll get to see mom before issue 12. I, I just, but this was, I wasn't thrilled with the pacing of this issue. It just, it, it went really, really slow. There was, there's a moment where he, uh, after he, he tells Matt Thinker goodbye and then the place blows up. So yeah, you would think, you don't see the body, so it's comic books. Maybe he's not dead, but uh, you know, when Doom emerges from the the hideout, there are a couple of kids there, and, and he's um, he's like, I, 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 it's still new to me to make sure that you know there's no harm to the any civilians around me when when I'm you know handling my business. So um, he's still, like you said, new to the whole hero game, but it, it's. Like Jason, I was not any, 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 any high point I got from the first issue. I it wasn't feeling it with the second. Church. So you thought I was going to swerve you when I was busting on you saying, oh, you hate her, but I was going to come with the love. <laughs> and then I, I came with the disdain. You did. And you were like, oh shit. Oh shit. Swerve. I, I get comfortable. Keep them now. guessing, y'all. Keep them guessing. That's it. I wouldn't be able to read this. I know. Cause it's got the prism filter on. It's, n- God, I hate that thing. It, it's it's not attractive to my eyes at all. Hey, who's gonna hey hey? I guess. No, I'm not saying you're wrong. I know. I mean, I, li- I, li- I like I said, I like the art for what it is because I think that's. I mean, you take or leave Malev. I, like I'm saying, if, if you're a Malev fan, this is this is toward the better end of the Malev I've seen over the years. But I'm not. I'm not gonna. I mean, he's not my super favorite cup of tea either. Right. So what else? Anything we have before we bring this bad boy home? That's when you travels, you know. I need to. All right. Okay. You know. Uh, oh wait, no. Before we go though, I want to hit it because I was way way behind, but I finally watched the stream. Oh, oh nice. nice. <laughs> so what? I mean, what I was waiting for happened. Yep. But for as much as it kind of made a little sense in the book, it doesn't make a damn bit of sense in the show. So. I think the show is not a very good show. Like, I think there's a lot of flaws with it. Like, frankly, I, I don't like, I think, but it, I do find it wildly entertaining. It is very entertaining. Yeah. What was the last really good sci-fi show? There have been a lot of entertaining sci-fi shows, but. Uh, Battlestar Galactica? Um, well, I can't speak to that because I haven't really seen a bunch of it. Okay. But Firefly, maybe? That was good. Like, I mean, like good. really well done, well thought out sci-fi. Mm-hmm. You know, 
uh, I think the strain is 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 bubblegum. It's 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 easy to watch. Yeah. The mm-hmm. characters are very oh, the, what Westworld. Oh, I'm not watching that. Oh, well, I, I got to get right on there. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah you get on I there. hear good things. Oh, it's great. It's fucking awesome. And I finally saw John Wick. Oh, good for you! Oh my goodness! Yeah, boy, what a perfect. My brother is such a dick. Such a perfect role for him. I need someone yeah. emotionally detached. Hey, get Keanu because yeah. he's like, my... he's, he's not in his body. Uh, but you know, I thought it was so good. It is. It so is so good, right? I we, I hopefully, I've watched it like ten times it. already, dude. And to see Adrian Palicki, is that her name? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. My goodness. The um, my brother who who's known me his whole life. He said he's like telling me and Renee, you guys got to watch this movie. You got to watch this movie. The movie's fucking awesome. Now he knows I'll probably dig it. Boy, she enjoys action movies, but I mean, as soon as he answers the door and his his wife left him that gift, mm-hmm. I'm like, I hope. I mean, it was all for naught because what I hoped didn't happen actually fucking happened. And Renee's like. All right, well, I'm leaving the room. And I, I, I remember, text my yeah. brother. I'm like, bro, you know us. How the fuck are you going to tell my wife you guys should watch this? He's like, but then it's 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 revenge. And it's, I'm like, but bro, come on. Seriously, you're going to like. That I'm dog like, is so even. cute, too. Yes. And I'm like, so I, I we can. Pro- I mean, I haven't. I have seen it again since. I, 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 I finished it the next night and then I, I've watched it since then so I think if I get past that part we shall probably get into it again and we can watch it but I'm, I'm hoping in the sequel like he doesn't get a kitten or anything it's just it is a really well, he's got a pit bull now yes I, I it it's a really good movie yeah and you have no indication the first what 10 minutes 15 minutes you have no indication of anything that's to come and and when when the uh, the call was made to the the Russian guy yeah and he's like your boy killed John Wick's dog. And you see the look on his face, and he's like, oh, shit. Yeah. It's like, what? What? I don't get it. What's going on? And then all the stuff that, like, he is a monster. Yes. What a great movie. I'm glad you guys recommended it. Yeah. What did you think of The Strain, though? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, no, no. I think it's I think it's a fun, very entertaining. Like, it's for me to actually make the effort to program the damn DVR to record the thing every week and sit down and watch it, I have to love it. And the strain is one I I just won't miss. I I think it's it's fascinating. It's a so character. many characters that we hate though, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I can't wait for Zach to go. Like, I, F I, and I, Zach and I hate that F and what's her face are together now. Yeah, I I don't like F at all. So he's F F. Uh, Fett's the best. Satraki's great. Satraki's great. Yeah. No, nah, the son is the best. Not the, not Zach the son, the uh, the, the son vampire. Uh, oh yeah, Mr. Quinlan is awesome. Quinlan, yeah, yeah, I yeah, like yeah, him too. Yeah, yeah. And I do, and 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 it's it's weird for me to say this, but I love the knots. I think I, I think Homeboy is is uh, I of course is fantastic. Very I, I good character. What do you think about uh, where the master ended up? I it, it was kind of inevitable though, wasn't? It? I mean, they weren't telegraphing it, but I mean, it was kind of. I think after the first season, it, it, I don't, it makes sense for me. I, I don't have a problem with it. And I, I probably. He's always trying to find healthy bodies though. See, that's the thing. I, I know I, I can, now you've read all the books, so don't tell me if I'm right. I'm thinking 
old boy's not going to last all that long. Who's the best character to jump into to really put the screws to F? Zach. He's going to yeah. jump in the kid. Well, I mean, I don't Especially think they've been very... Healthy. I think they've been pretty... I was going to say, I think they've been pretty uh, transparent with that, right? I mean, they even the kid says, why are you keeping me alive? Why haven't you turned to me? And then she says, I want to, but the master's got bigger plans for you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I'm glad mom's dead. Yeah. Yeah. yeah season. Yeah. So again, I guess we, we should just, I mean, spoilers. So if you are behind on the street, no, I'm saying, no, <laughs> me, right, I, right. no, I, I mean, cause I, what I want, I've been waiting for this to happen and wondering what was going to happen in the show, which is that the coolest part of the books I think is that, uh, they set off nuclear weapons and it causes a night eternal, which is basically game over. The vampires win. They create a, a, a atmosphere where it's essentially dark almost the entire day. And so they run amok. And, uh, you know, it's cool every now and then to read a story where the bad guys win pretty much. Um, I have a major issue with how it was done in the TV show, though, because they set off one nuclear warhead. And and I double-checked this. I was reading I was just to make sure I wasn't wrong science-wise. One nuclear warhead in no way, shape, or form under any circumstances <laughs> can or will create eternal darkness, even temporarily. It just won't happen. I mean, yes, maybe like that one square mile for a day or two, but it's not night eternal. So it's going to annoy the shit out of me if the start of next season, like it's just dark everywhere in the world. Like that's like not going to make any sense to me because it was one warhead. But nevertheless, got to make a leap of faith. They set off the warhead and shit is very real now. So yeah, bad science bugs me too. Yeah. yeah, it's like it shouldn't, right? Because we're talking. I mean, here we are. We books about superheroes, and magic, and fucking creatures. But, but it's like, uh, you know, if you're going to get close to like reality, though, then you got to you got to give me the reality, right? Yeah, it's like Don't give me no clawfoot. It doesn't like I'd rather have them found some spell in the lumen, right? Where they like they do some ritual and then the sun gets blotted out. That I'd be like, oh, cool, okay. So it's the occult. This is why they wanted the lumen. They wanted the lumen so they could make it the night eternal. I get it now. Awesome. It's like, but they had to blow up a nuke, and I'm like, well, that's because of fuck about that. Like, yeah, it's it's bad when it happens in a Star Trek movie, though. Like, if there's bad science in a Star Trek movie, well, right, science fiction needs to be right. Right. That's the, be- that's, like, the yeah. that's the beauty of good science fiction, right? Is that it? It it just it takes you a the little bit beyond the real, right. right? In a way that seemingly follows enough of a linear path that you can you can kind of buy that it may right. be possible. Like, there's a lot of gobbledygook with Wesley. In, in the next generation. Like, okay, uh-huh. you just, you just assume what they're talking about is, is feasible. But in that one friggin' movie when Malcolm McDowell fires, fires the rocket, oh, and he's God. like, oh, it's almost at the sun. Dude, you just yeah. fired it like 30 seconds ago. How can it be? How could it possibly be almost at the sun? Like, that, that ruined the entire, well, that wasn't the only thing that ruined that the entire. That was the only thing. Yeah, but that, that's just whole, like, you didn't think to fact check that? You're, it's Star Trek, guys. Come yeah. on. <laughs> they um they were one thing that really I thought was really cool in this season of the strain was for them to read the book Strachan had to go outside to mm-hmm. see it to read the page in the sun yeah. knowing that well that's the Strigoi can't read it because it's I thought that was I'm like that that was just I came close to just claiming brilliant and, and grabbing a Guinness. It was a, that was a cool mm-hmm. moment. And I was kind of bummed that, uh, she didn't go out like a bitch, but I was bummed that when Samantha Mathis, Samantha Mathis bought it. I mean, look, they, and they Andrew. went out, a lot of the characters went out of the blaze of glory. Of the yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, there aren't many of them left. But I, I, it's the final season, so I'm, I'm guessing between Gus and everybody, it's it, the gang is getting together for, for the final showdown, so it'll. Now, what, what's interesting is the, uh, in the books, the, the final arc gets mad religious. Oh, really? And I'm wondering if they're gonna go there. I'm guessing they're not. Well, this is the station that's, you know, brought you American Horror Story and, and. Ugh. Yeah, they might. You're right. I'm just saying, like, we, and they might not even have to. I mean, they, they get into the origins of vampirism and, like, why there was the seven and the ancient one. Like, that's all. They, they get into that, but they might not even need to now. I mean, the ancients are gone now in the, in the TV show. Is, is it just the master that's left? Cause it was the yeah. three that were underground. Yeah. They're gone, obviously. But yeah. weren't there, aren't there any in Europe or they're, I don't, they well, were already taken care of? I, I thought they were implying it's pretty much just him now, but I did maybe, too. I don't know. I mean, that's that part is well off of the way the book went, so I, I don't know what they're planning with that. But. So, is the the current um, Dark Horse series that showcases the um, Quinlan Quinlan's days in the arena? Is no, that... it's this new stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would be cool to see. They could stretch yeah. an episode or two, you know, with that next season. Mm-hmm. That'd be nice. All right, everybody. Hey, if you want to get any of the stuff we talked about here, there's only one place to go. Discount Comic Book Service. Tiny prices. DCBService.com, <laughs> where you can get your books and get them so inexpensively, you'll be able to buy even more. Uh, we talked about Commandy Challenge number one. You could have had it for $249. Bean World, hardcover, volume four. Mm-hmm. Hoka Burble Burble. Jason's getting back. I mean, $10.19. And from Image, Curse Words number one was a dollar ninety nine. Woohoo! I have an Image book. Now you all know that I love zombie movies, correct? You do. When there's not a zombie movie within arm's reach, I will default to my second favorite genre, and that is cannibal movies. I love cannibal movies. So the name of this book really piqued my interest. It is called. Cannibal. Mm-hmm. Two issues published to date, written by uh, Matthias Bergara. No, that's art by Matthias Bergara. Written by Jay Young and Brian Bucatello. And uh, it's prefaced with a little bit of text. Pseudo-history. Um, and I'll read that to you. In 1994, a Category 5 hurricane swept through the southeast region of the United States, causing billions of dollars worth of damage. It also uprooted ancient mosquitoes hibernating underground. These disease-carrying bloodsuckers infected humans with a hundred-year-old strain of yellow fever. Global medicine management rushed a medicine called YPAC to market to combat the disease. YPAC treated the symptoms but had a devastating side effect, a virus that caused its victims to crave human flesh. Unlike zombies, these cannibals are everyday people, just like you and I. They think, feel, and more importantly, have remorse. How will they go on if it means eating people to survive? We enter this world at the dawn of what could turn into a pandemic. News of outbreaks across the southeast have begun to trickle in, but in the tiny Florida town of Willow, no one has seen a cannibal, ellipsis, yet. Now, I didn't read the intro page before I read the first issue. So, the incident that sparks 
the series was a complete shock to me. You have a, um, it's in Florida, uh, Hogs Barn Grill. It opens to this, um, restaurant, uh, in this, you know, swampy region. It, there's, uh, and, uh, we're introduced to the proprietor, Roy, and his sons. He's got three sons of, uh, various ages. The youngest is 14 years old, named Jimmy, right? So Jimmy's working in his dad's bar and he's, he's kind of not the sharpest knife in the drawer. Uh, and he's, he's talking to his, his brother Cash and they're setting up things to go hunting hogs and stuff. And the father's like, yo, take the garbage out. So Jimmy takes the garbage out. And when he does, he's attacked by a man and partially eaten and killed. So then the sheriff call, is called in and, um, the family takes it upon itself to round up the locals and go on a cannibal hunt. Uh, but that's not, there's layers to this thing. Um, Cash, the, I'm thinking he's the middle brother, he's in love with this stripper named Jolene. And, you know, he's, she's his world. So in love with her. He's gonna ask her to marry him. Blah, blah, blah. And he goes back to her, uh, cabin at a, you know, preordained time, or pre whatever, and she's not there, and the place is in a shambles. So Jolene goes missing. And now there's a hunt for Jolene too. And now with this cannibal thing popping up, you know, what are they thinking? Is she dead? Is she, is she eaten? Did she just leave? Did someone rob her? They, nobody knows. But Jolene was stalked by this guy named Carl. And she spurned him. And, uh, Cash thinks it's this Carl dude that took her. So he beats the piss out of him, lands him in the hospital. And it's a mystery. With this backdrop of cannibalism, there's another scene of cannibalism. One guy goes to buy a pack of cigarettes, doesn't have his license with him, and the shopkeeper tells him, I can't, you know, it's the law. Dude comes back and just bites a chunk out of this guy. So there's carriers everywhere now. And it's the, the, the art style is, is kind of cool. It's a little Dan Pinocean here and there. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's very brushy, very loose. Uh, I had to read two issues before it clicked. End of the first issue, I was like, okay, this is... Obviously, there was something there to get me to read the second issue. But end of the second issue, now I want to know what's going on. I, I've built up a relationship with these characters. Um, I guess the eldest brother's a real nasty son of a bitch, may have military background. I don't know. I mean, there's, the information is not, they're not very forthcoming with the, the backstory of all these characters yet. But I mean, this is a pretty cool series. And the, the covers are, um, designed to look like labels on alcoholic beverages. Mm. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Check it out. Mm. Cannibal. I don't right. know, I don't know if it's an ongoing or if it's a limited series. It doesn't, there's no indication that it's a limited series. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, hedge my bets and say that it's an ongoing, which is pretty cool because I would like to see this play out to where it gets really, really nasty with cannibals mm-hmm. all over the place. And the cool, the, the thing about the cannibal attack was the, when the guy was, biting the kid like there was actual remorse he was crying and he was like i don't want to do this i really don't but i have to and he's just rips the the neck out of the kid it's 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 pretty uh riveting stuff liked it a lot very cool yeah um 
couple things. In your travels, uh, I read, since Jason brought it up last week, the first two issues of Moonshine. Hmm. Um, that read just like I was watching a movie on Turner Classic and, and it, Azarello just nailed Homeboy's narration of the story and, and talking to the other characters. It, it absolutely felt like a, a 1930s, 1940s gangster movie. I thought it was amazing that Riso's art on point for the story had no problems with it. Um, I don't know who's writing Dark Knight 3, but it's not the same dude. The. I don't even like to think about it. Oh. <laughs> um, I read two annuals today. Oh, did you, both of them? Oh. I read both of them. Oh, oh we're talking about different annuals. Don't spill the beans. On like, which one? Either. Like, don't well, spoil them. Was, oh, fine. You can talk about them. No, just no, don't. No, it's, no. It, all right. The first, one of them is a lesson in why some artists should not ink themselves. Oh. And. Which one? Was it the Batman or Superman? It was. Well, the Superman one only had one artist, and it is Gorgeous. Yeah, I was looking at it. I think. And it is an awesome story. See, now I was hoping to surprise you. I didn't know you got a chance to flip through it. I could do that right now. I have it right here. It's you it's can. a DC Comics Presents. It's a team-up. What? Because it's it's Superman. And, well, it's it's on the cover. It's no surprise. But there's a whole reason why... Uh, Swamp Thing is getting <gasps> in Superman's face. Ooh. And it's a really awesome story. And I think, I think Tomasi and Gleason did a great job telling the story. And, and my favorite, um, uh, I, I hate to call him a villain artist, but Torre Jimenez did the, uh, did the art on this annual. And it's, it's, it's gorgeous looking, but, um, wow. It's, it is. Yeah. Swamp Thing is basically telling Superman, this Superman, you do not belong here. Whatever you, you, you're messing shit up here. The, the, the green does not like you being here with us because of the way it's, it's all about biology and physiology and, and the Superman of this planet, the original Superman and, and, and our Superman just are not they're not compatible. You just can't replace one with the other. It's and and it, it, the way it's the way bullshit. Holland breaks it down. It was just and it was so. It it's a really and it's it's beautiful. It's so colorful. It's yeah. just buy it. Even if you haven't been reading the the new Superman stories, this this is an this is a fantastic issue. Um, I'm, I'm looking at the spread. They got the panel borders like Cena used to do on the ongoing Swamp Thing with the. The vines and the the vines, yeah, yeah, very nice. It's a it's a beautiful looking issue, but that, that, that's bullshit. That the green says, "Oh, you don't belong here." So you had the world's protector taken out, and another one put in its place, and because of all the lives he's going to save, the green can't look the other way that's, because of the way. Yeah, I know. He he absorbs solar power. It's it's you're just you're oh, so they feel you're cheated. messing with the natural order of things. They feel cheated. 
He's taking. It's like, listen, he, he, you're, you're, you're taking too much, and that's why we're dying. So it's, it's you. So it's, but it, it's a. Um, it's a neat chestnut, but yeah, yeah. Uh, the the Batman annual is an anthology, and it too um, has a story or two in it. That um, could lead to other things. Uh, one story in particular, but it, it's um, there. The first story, Tom King kills it. Um, it's basically uh, introducing Ace the Bat Hound into the the family. I thought these few pages. Um, I thought the story was great. I really did. I, I enjoyed the story a lot, especially the way Alfred uh, reacts and, and treats Bruce in this first story. Uh, second story is by Scott Snyder and Ray Fox with art by Declan. And that's a, uh, that's a pretty neat little, little few pages where it's, it's, it's a quiet evening in Gotham, uh, Batman's on patrol. They all revolve around Christmas, the month of December. Uh, there is a, the not so silent night of the Harley Quinn. Uh, that's written by Paul Dini and art, pencils, inks, and colors by Neil Adams. So we're going on to the next story and that, Ugh. that is, uh, drawn by, I believe it is Riley Rossmo. Steve Orlando is your writer. Uh, that looks to introduce a new character, uh, the stag, and the stag is coming in 2017. Uh, there's a Bilquis Evely story written by Scott Brian Wilson about, uh, Haunter. And that has to do with the scarecrow also. But the, if you ever want to see a story where, well, Neil likes to do the whole Gray Morrow Batman has eyeballs thing. And just so you know, because you can't, you can't tell where Batman's looking. He's got to draw his pupils. I think he's been doing it long enough where I think we know if Batman's looking to the left, we don't need to see. But, um, it's pretty Neil terrible. still draws, Neil still draws a really strong Batman. But if you want to see Harley Quinn's face change from panel to panel on page to page, this is the issue you should get. I, yeah, I'm the biggest Neil. I know you are. This is just bad. Um, but that Superman annual is, is my new travels. Uh, along with Moonshine. I thought that was, uh, I, I, I really, really enjoyed that. So, um. My man. Yeah, I think, I, I think we're caught up and I did. Oh, man. I, I need to read the second issue, but I, I was reading something for Vince that we could tag team on. So maybe we'll be able, we'll get to do it next week. And tell me what it All is, right. and, I, and I will. So you probably already did. You've been waiting on me. I, I read the first issue of Britannia. Oh, okay. Cool. This Harley Quinn's terrible. Oh, dude. Right? My My eyebrows don't work like that. Galore, bro. It's like Here her is... eyebrow just grew three inches in one panel. Look, is... It's wrapping around the bridge of her nose. It's ridiculous. It's, and there's... So, and alright, so that same, the next page with the little boy and, and, and his sister go, or friend going to, um, yeah. drop the toys for tots. I didn't know what the hell was going on because he colored his work. So it took me a second to realize 
that when when first of all he was tripped. I didn't know that fucking foot came out from the other panel in the center. Oh, I see so it. I, yeah, there it is. He's tripped, and then <laughs> there it is. And then, well, I'm glad we saw it because he didn't obviously. But because he barely colors the motion lines. Yeah. For the hood, I'm like, oh, that's the same. I, it just it. I don't know, man. Just stop. <laughs> all the day, yeah. <laughs> just stop for now. <laughs> Let him do covers. Just. I don't know. I, I can't even back this up. Discontinuity. I can't. <laughs> All right, well, I can't even. in my travels, <laughs> got uh, <laughs> uh, two things I want to shout out. Um, first of all, let me say, uh, Jeremy Hahn's our boy. Yep. Very much enjoyed the first arc of beauty. Mm-hmm. When we saw Jeremy at uh, NYCC, he talked up excitedly how the second arc of beauty, which was about to get underway at the time, was going to feature a bunch of different artists doing single issues, which sounds cool. Always cool. Uh, I have read issues seven and eight, the first two issues of the new arc. And, uh, you know, I got to keep it real. Uh, one was a major hit and I thought one was a major miss. Uh, issue seven, beauty number seven, written by Jeremy Hahn and Jason Hurley, had art by Mr. Mike Huddleston. Yeah. That's the hit. Yep. Uh, it's a flashback. It's like a prequel to the early, very early days of, of beauty. And you know, in the first arc where we're confronted with the, with the, with setting the scene and unrealizing the world, um, although they make the point that people become beautiful, it's not really quite clear how unattractive some of these people were beforehand. In this issue, we spend most of the issue following the very violent actions of a morbidly obese, uh, dreaded up Latino gangbanger, uh, who then takes the beauty or gets the beauty, I should say. And he emerges looking like, uh, Dylan McDermott. Uh, I'm not quite sure. I, they actually draw it to look like his his skin color changes. I'm not quite sure how that works, but um, but either way, it was interesting to see like a dude that's like 400 pounds getting transformed into like a perfectly physical specimen overnight. Um, so I thought that was cool and intriguing. Um, and then the the, eight, the second uh, second issue of the arc, Beauty Number Eight, uh, I thought that was the flop and. Um, I just, it's the art. It's, uh, it's by Brett Weldley. Uh, and I just thought it was just, I just didn't think that, just didn't think the line work was up to acceptable standards for a, for a, a big, a big book. I, I just didn't, I just didn't think he, I don't know, didn't think he had, like he had it. Just was struck, struck, felt like it was a struggle for him. Um, and as a result, that character that we follow in that story, which is a, a female assassin, um, I just couldn't connect with her at all just because the art just totally pulled me out of it. I just wanted to race through the book. So, um, like I said, you know, one for two so far, uh, in, in that. And, and I guess that's going to happen, you know, now I'm sure some other people may have totally different views. They may really like Weldley style and maybe don't like, uh, don't like Huddleston style. I don't know. Um, the other thing I want to shout out quickly, uh, and it's because I, I, I can't not, my conscience won't let me. Um, Uncanny X-Men Annual number one uh, came out, uh, written by Cullen Bunn, 
Uh, it's two stories. The first story is by Ken Lashley, who's been the regular artist uh, on the on the main Uncanny X-Men book under Bun. Um, is what it is. Continuation of the, the same story. I, I would just characterize this run as a just another run in the long line of of X-Men stories. It's you know it's been involving the Dark Riders, which is cool and all. It's nostalgic and I mean totally fine, but just just another arc. I mean nothing really gripping any in any which way and this this takes a little tangent from that it, it the dark riders were going around in the last arc of the book uh killing the healers the mutant healers uh because they didn't want the mutants to have any way of uh curing the mpox which is the you know the terrigen mist pox that the mutants are all getting from which is what's setting up the big the big event that we're about to have which is in humans versus x-men um and they were going around killing all of the healers and the x-men were flying around trying to preempt by going to the other healers and protect them. And they were pretty, pretty awful at it. Um, and one of the guys, they, one of the people they were trying to protect was Josh Foley, you know, Elixir. Uh, and they were unsuccessful in that or so they thought, but as we come to find out, Elixir is such a powerful healer that he may be immortal or at least very hard to kill. He pulls a Wolverine and actually is, is not dead, even though they've buried him and he, he, he comes out of his, he actually digs himself out of the grave. And, um, but Elixir, if you, if you remember the character at all, he's, He's a, he's sheathed in like golden skin and he's a really powerful healer, but he also has a, a dark power where his skin turns black and he can kill things. Um, and so it really plays with that in the issue where he's, he's struggling now that, uh, with whether he should use his powers to kill things that he hates or use it to cure, so forth and so on. But really just in a continuation of the ongoing, uh, last arc or two. Um, but the reason I wanted to mention the book and the reason I read the book the second it came out, is because the backup was about my girl Domino. <laughs> and you know I got to talk about Domino comics because they don't happen that often. It's true. But unfortunately for me, uh, Homeboy that writes, he, he, the, the dude writes and draws the backup. Uh, his name is um, Anthony Piper. He's the writer, artist, and color artist in the book, in the arc, uh, the story. Uh, it's just a disaster. It's a disaster. Uh, it's such uh, Domino should be breathtakingly beautiful, and he he just he draws a frumpy woman. I don't understand what's going on. It's uh, you know me when I when I know there's gonna be a Domino comic, I'm immediately thinking, can I get the pages? I don't, I don't even want the pages. Mm. Now the story's okay. Um, Bobby DaCosta, who runs AIM now, needs Dom's help to get to a very hard to get ne'er do well. Uh, which is one of her things she can do, given her power set. And she's got to get to a compound where there are 42 uh, armed bodyguards, and the story is simply what a badass she is going through taking care of them all. She's just taking them out, man, killing them straight, straight assassin merc style, just entry and just taking people out until she gets to the villain. Um, so I thought the story was cool, like totally online with, with what I love about Domino, but but the art just just crushed my soul. So, if any of you other fellow diehard Domino fans out there that weren't reading Uncanny X-Men but thought, I'm going to pick that issue up because our girl Domino's in it, I would just uh, save your shekels for the Deadpool and uh, Merc for Money book where she's the leader right now because that's your better better dollar spent. Dollars for Domino. Man, talk about putting, uh, talk about, maybe put sleep early, I could talk, put Vince to sleep two seconds and start talking Marvel. No, not just Marvel, specifically X-Men. <clears throat> yeah, listen, it's 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 
well, I guess we'll get to this with our 11 Oscars, but I can say personally, in my 30-ish years of being a comic nerd, I've never felt more disconnected from Marvel. And again, I mean, just like with David, I'm still reading plenty of Marvel. It's not that I'm not reading a lot of it, but the the core for me has always been the X-Men and the Avengers. I mean, that's, as you guys know, that's the two books I still have a long-term quest of having every issue of the original runs, you know, everything. I, I it's about the only books I would continue to collect in terms of back issues, but, um, man, I just, uh, yeah, the X-Men are in a bad spot. It's been a, it's, it's been a, a while now. It's been a, been a good, a good while now that since they've been good, much less great. I, I can't, I can't remember the last time I thought the X-Men books were, were good even versus like versus great. I, I'm trying to think what I would consider the last great, X-Men run, I, I don't I don't even know. Well, see, you left out one very important thing while talking what? about this X-Men annual. What? The Marvel zombies appear in it. Aren't these... Isn't that zombie Magneto? No. It looks like zombie Magneto. No. <laughs> no. Neil Adams drew it? No, it's just... It's lastly, it's just... It's... No. Oh, okay. No, that's, regu- that's regular Magneto. So Sunspot just... just Blows some some juice at him, and he gets all withered and like zombie like like that. Wow. Yeah, it's not. It's regular Magneto. He's the leader of the that team of X Men. Oh, okay, I, yeah. I see my interest <laughs> level went up a little bit. Boop, boop, boop. No, then it went far back. Yeah. Now it's flaccid again. Yeah, it's a little. It's a little bit. <laughs> Just a little. All right, everybody. Hey. Thank you for being here. Once again, if you liked any of this rigmarole, please leave us a review on iTunes or somewhere similar uh, because we love you so much and we'll be here for you next week. As always, say goodnight. David. Ignite. Ignite. David. Nice. Very good. So cute. Say ignite, David. Oh, it's, it's ignite. It was, it was, the G was right after the Y. It was, it was the apostrophe there. Apostrophe abuse. Uh, good times. Good times. Oh, we didn't do the thing for the the uh, iTunes art. Speaking of iTunes, you want to throw that out there right now? We can, but then we'll, let's make sure we start off next episode with it again. Yeah, so sure. Then. Go ahead. Oh, see, this is you, baby. You're the art director. Well, as usual, as we have been wont to do the past couple of years, first one was a fluke. We were graciously provided a new album art by Mr. Zerzo G. Penalta. And then the year after that, Daniel White gave us one. So we thought, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we uh, made this a competition where the uh, winner would get their artwork featured as our album art for an entire year? And this year... The uh, award went to Mr. Jay Gonzo. So mm-hmm. um, we're throwing it out there again for 11 O'Clock Comics 2017. If you would like to see your art each and every week and maybe more, um, you can send us your art. Just do an 11 o'clock. It doesn't even have to be um, – as long as it says 11 O'Clock Comics and it's some kind of non-corporate-owned character – Right, we can't really have a corporate-owned character on there because that's not really kosher. But right. come up with an idea, 
Do something funky. Get in the spirit of what we're all about, comics and camaraderie and excitement and energy, and translate that into an image that completely describes 11 o'clock comics for those who are not in the know. And that will be our album art for the entire year. Now, we have another surprise. We will put the the uh, proportions of this art um, on the Facebook page, but we'll put it somewhere else very soon um, so y'all can see it. But we'll give you the specs on the Facebook. Get those pencils humming and, in- and inks and colors and give uh, give us some album art. And the winner, what do they get again? The winner gets, which we will be rewarding next week to this year's winner, um, the winner gets to sit in the fourth chair if they're so inclined. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. The winner gets to yeah. come on here with us and talk. If you yeah, got something to up. promote, do so. If you just want to talk comics, do so. We're here for you. So, yeah, do that. It's a fun little thing. Uh, you don't get paid, but you get paid in love. So, you know, that's fun. Like well, a good karma plus exposure. Dude. Right. Expo- massive exposure. That pays the bills. I Shit. mean, Liefeld dude wouldn't have been who he is without being on. I mean, I know. Scotty would have no career at all. If it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fanboy guys got their start here. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I mean, that's funny. Jason Aaron and Latour. Right. We still get letters from Latour. Thanks for having me Hickman. on, man. Book got a real Let's bump. be honest. I mean, Jeff, we just had Jeff. I mean, Jeff owes his career to us. <laughs> True. Gabe and Karina wouldn't. I mean, they'd still be doing storyboards. It wasn't for us. He'd still be Gabriel Gecko without us. Totally. All right. So thank you, y'all, for being here. If you're so inclined and you're artistic, do us uh, some album art, and um, we'll be back next week because we love you. Say Tom goodnight. Tom Dave wouldn't be the Batman of Red Earth. He didn't sleep on our floor. No. no I like Tom will be awesome. Omega Man. <laughs> Well, you gotta get to commit. You couldn't get to Omega Man without sleeping on the floor. Frankie wouldn't be the dildo there, man. <laughs> no, it's that, that, no, he wouldn't be without the floor. <laughs> yeah, dildo there again. <laughs> Whatever. Bye, ladies. Peace.